Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this, my friends, is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack. I am Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here to celebrate Star Wars. That's what this show is about. And today, we're diving into George Lucas. You heard of him. George Lucas's <laughs> themes that are present 
in Rise of Skywalker. Before we do that, let's get to some business. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Joseph, wow, hi. <laughs> How are a, you? It's been a week. <laughs> it's been a very busy week. New Year's happened and lots of other stuff. <laughs> lots of other stuff. Yeah, so I guess, you know, Force Center, we, tr- we try to just keep it fun, positive, deep discussions on Star Wars, and occasionally Claude fights a Sith trooper. <laughs> um, but I guess, yeah, let's just talk. There's some stuff going on. Uh, as you know, uh, out there listening, I, I was associated with a show called Collider Jedi Council for a long time. Um, recently became kind of the lead uh, producer host on it with uh, Emma Fife, Andres Cabrera, and Collider made some changes, uh, which we're not even here to comment on. In fact, I understand the business and support a lot of decisions they felt they needed to make. Uh, we can get into other discussions about it. However, that Joseph, people started finding us. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a, there's a, a Star Wars vacuum, and many people uh, to just focus on on the positive. Uh, many people yeah. said, "Hey, if you're if you're looking for some Star Wars, you could look uh, at Force Center." So, mm-hmm. uh, for the people who have been with Force Center for a long time, I just wanted to say a sincere thanks because yeah. it, it, it was nice to just see people saying again, just focusing on the positive. Hey, if you're looking for Star Wars. Yeah, this is a good place to to get some uh, good Star Wars talk, uh, and I think probably some new people are tuning in because of that. So I also just want to say welcome to the new people. And uh, I don't know. Th- I think the thing for me, yeah, we talk a lot about a lot of things. We do, and then we talk about talking about them. It's a podcast. Uh, but for, for new people coming in, our whole uh, I think idea is we want to enjoy. You always use the word celebrate. Mm-hmm. Everything you ever talked about in Star Wars canon, and uh, mm. we've really uh, doubled down on the celebrating here. Uh, but all, we're always critical, mm. but we just try to talk about it in a positive way. We want to be positively negative. So th- there's there's sometimes in episode of Mandalorian we have a problem with that. With uh, we both think the second act of Rogue One is messy. We have individual lines, that, <laughs> but we try to say here's why it didn't work for yeah. me. And, you know, it's all it's all about just internalizing the whole idea of from a certain point of view, everybody has reasons that they feel strongly about something and we're willing to be critical, but we want to be critical in a way that is open to understanding. These are our opinions and other people might have a different opinion and come to it from a different way. Yeah, it's it's. You and I are perhaps we're politely dancing around some of the issues. If you've come to us from Jedi Council, that sometimes was a combative show. It was a different, always intended to be a different show. I did not co-create that show at all. I had nothing to. In fact, I was on a show called Jedi Alliance with Maud Garrett, <laughs> and that Joseph eventually took over with Mark Donica and later John Roca. Uh, and it was a different vibe, always a different vibe. Um, so we're just saying, hey, you might come over from Council, and no one's going to scream and pound desks, and we look at it different, and we just. Want want you to come on in and it might not be for everyone uh you talk about how i say celebrate star wars one of the things and i mentioned it last week that joseph always says that is uh close to my heart and i want a t-shirt of it is <laughs> is we choose here to engage with the story presented to us yeah. what do you actually mean by that joseph i think it's a good time to to reaffirm what that means and yeah. how it fuels our discussions well i think it's been coming up a, a lot in the reaction to rise of skywalker and last jedi of thinking of these there's the story and then there's the story behind the story mm. and i think i was thinking about it in the shower <laughs> uh that idea of just uh, trying to engage with what is presented to you and then 
is a mm-hmm. is a secondary thing get into well why did the creator choose that who mm-hmm. who is the creator commenting to because i just think it's a more joyful way to allow yourself to do both mm-hmm. what i was thinking about in the shower particularly is just getting back to that childlike state where when you see a movie it just is when you're like five mm-hmm. or six yeah. you you aren't thinking why did george lucas do that a movie is just like a mountain or a river it is yeah. just a thing that is. Mm-hmm. And when you're a kid, you see a movie and you just, mm. you like it or you don't. And you see a river and you enjoy the river or not. And you're not like that river should have bent 20 <laughs> miles upstream. Who made this dumb river? <laughs> Who made this river? <laughs> it's just about giving yourself the joy, the chance to see it mm-hmm. as a thing that exists. Yeah. And then for sure, we're, we're adults, we're mm-hmm. critical. It's, it's fun to dive into the story behind the story. Yeah. But I think leading with the story behind the story, just watching a movie going, is this movie trying to insult the director of the previous movie or yeah. with last Jedi is the director of this movie trying to criticize all of like, it, I, I think you have to let the, the story happen first yeah. then dive into the story behind the story. If you want to get the most joy, just, I've always had that philosophy of Star Wars is best understood by adults, but best loved by children. Ooh, that's a good t-shirt because, too. Yeah, we should, a lot of t-shirts coming out today. <laughs> Brian Ward, get on it. No, um, yeah, it, and that's not to say you don't love it. I just yes, there the industry has changed with this whole digital media industry, uh, <laughs> which is a weird industry. Kids um, don't aspire to be in it. Um, it just has led. <laughs> That's now my favorite T-shirt. Yeah. Don't aspire. Right. Don't aspire. It is. It has led to discussions. It's like we're very aware of some of the stuff going on right now, and we Joseph and I could tell you some stories of people who used to work with people who did this and that. That's not why we're here. And I think a lot of you have been listening even recently, or some from the beginning when we launched this in uh, what 2015. Joseph, we did this yeah. uh, leading yeah. up to Force Awakens. You know why you're here, but we we, we appreciate uh, that there's possibly some new year uh, new ears, and, and we just want to give that statement. So you're not disappointed. So you don't come here and go, eh, this is what I wanted. Uh, you know, you might listen to databank brawl and go, why is Claude fighting a Sith trooper? That is our <laughs> pour a whiskey and have fun show and get to celebrate uh, Star Wars in that way. We have Star Wars ranked, Star Wars counseling. Joseph, I haven't listened to it yet because I've I had a little bit of a busy weekend. You did. Um, as, as did you. Um, but you, your Star Wars counseling, always great work. I, I got people on our Discord server saying you've done some of your finest work. Oh, I'm honored. I'm so, honored. I, I took my time and tried to, to think it all through. And Jennifer Landa is usually around these parts. Jennifer uh, had her second child recently and is doing a wonderful job raising two children and keeping her love of Star Wars alive. So she'll pop up every now and then. Uh, maybe one day returns in full or maybe one day returns uh, how she best sees fit. But her show happy beeps is still up there check it out anchors our new home uh we switched recently and sometimes we're discovering yes some of our older episodes are cutting off it's a big technical issue that we cannot fix and currently our provider cannot fix um but we are going back and and loading up new copies of old episodes if you want to go back and listen and then a final thing a weird business on this different episode of force center (laughs) a lot of people because uh jedi council went away uh are like hey force center ever thought about doing video and even old old fans, uh, longtime fans are, are writing us. That discussion has happened almost weekly off air between Joseph and I and Jennifer uh, back in the day. We've done some things on video, interviews with Jamie Stangroom, James Arnold Taylor. We've got a YouTube channel with some different things on there. Some are just audio only. The In Memoriams were put up. Kevin Smets edited those. Brian Ward's animated databank brawl. Please check that out. The conversation comes up a lot. 
The reality is, Joseph, I, I don't know specifically how to always, we definitely would love to. <laughs> we are always thinking and discussing, and there are many uh, logistical uh, and emotional choices to be made. And, and <laughs> we'll keep talking about it and try to throw up some more content. But again, thank you to everyone yeah. uh, asking for that. We, we are both in sweatpants and slippers. No. <laughs> also, the reality is, Joseph and I work in this industry, uh, have limited space and studios available to us. And sometimes, uh, you know, Joseph's got a lot of great writing stuff going. And I've got some projects going and the reality of uploading, editing, exporting, that's, that's a long time. And that's why you go to a company <laughs> and yes. just host their show, get up and go to Panera. <laughs> why a production guy who's very important to the process. Yes. Usually those production people are first in, last out. And that's why it uh, the industry can uh, sometimes break your heart. Anyways, all that to say, I think we're done with that. Yeah. And happy to have a, potentially some new listeners here today. Yeah. We always like to... Sh- uh, to um, to start the show by saying uh, we catch up on Star Wars adventures and life adventures. Yeah. What have you got going on? Joe? Yeah, I had some fun uh, uh, Star Wars adventures. I saw my my fifth showing of The Rise of Skywalker. Ooh, you take the lead. <laughs> For now. Uh, at Grauman's <laughs> Chinese Theater. Uh, great theater in, in Hollywood. In, right at Hollywood in Highland. And I, man, I, I, the theater is utterly beautiful beautiful inside mm-hmm. it is it's so star wars for so many reasons because it is a mashup of the new and the old right. of the super high tech to great imax screen best 3d i've seen mm-hmm. is in in that space yeah, okay and then the theater is old and beautiful and of course like i have known the exterior of that theater since i was a child before i even physically understood where hollywood yeah, was right? what yeah, it was because yeah. you just google 1978 star wars success in the <laughs> image of all the fans yeah like that's the image got that got used everywhere for everybody going holy crap people like the yeah. space movie yeah. that's Grauman's chinese theater is always the uh the image for it so yeah. it, it was really really fun it it just really hit me seeing the end of the Skywalker saga Hmm. in this space that is so visually associated with the surprise success of star Wars in 1977 before it was even star Wars, a new hope Hope. uh, before that even got added on. And it was just really nice to just kind of take a moment and just reflect on that and try to just kind of feel that history in that building. Cause Hmm. that's so much of what the Skywalker saga and star Wars has been of like, we are connected to the past. It does matter. And, sit there and watch rise of Skywalker and imagine, you know, being in there with a, a bunch of people with big glasses and, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. bell bottoms and feathered hair going, Oh, oh my God. Seeing something they've never seen before. <laughs> uh, and yet feels so familiar and enjoy that. Plus they're, they've, they've always got costume displays and they, yeah. I, have, I don't, there's one of Ray and Kylo in a case together. And I don't know if the mannequin's head fell, but Kylo's just hanging his head in shame. <laughs> And it's real funny. So uh, anyway, that, that was my big Star Wars that's adventure. That's a great one. How about you? Did you get uh, Star Wars Adventure time? Uh, not as much. Not as much. And I was thinking, I've been in L.A. coming up on 22 years now, which is crazy, and have never been inside the Chinese Theater. They got to do a better job of getting people in yeah, that building, I think. I've been literally to the front door. I've got to go. I'll go I, I moved here in Hollywood Highland, wasn't built yet. Yeah. And I still haven't <laughs> gone, gone. Cross Street, El Cap, I've gone a few times, and it's a great experience, too. Um, for Star Wars Adventures, you know, I'll tell you what, no, it's been a busy week, even outside some things happen. Holiday, holiday travels kind of things, yeah. uh, holiday celebration, a lot of fun stuff, but working on a, on a project right now and, and you know, you, you, you work, 
you work, you write, you write, you write, and then you need to just to stop. So what I've been doing is I have the, the visual dictionary right oh, next to nice. and I've just been like, I'm going to read a page. <laughs> it's almost like how we do Will of, Force on, Will of the Force on Patreon. I'm doing my own version. Of nice, nice. I just flip to a page, page at a time and read it, and we, we're going to talk a lot about that, that visual dictionary. I think the... They've done a great job, Pablo leading the way, as he always does, of just kind of going, all right, you got some questions, maybe there's some gaps, we're going to help lay it down and have some fun with it at times, but also just kind of, a lot of it makes sense, and it's been a lot of fun. So that's been my life adventure. That's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, We also like to check in on Star Wars Resistance, and uh, yeah, I I might just have to wait until... Yeah, you're a couple episodes behind. I'm about four or five now, I got quickly, and then I think on last week's episode, I said, oh, I'll wait when they take their break, and I'll come back. I, I realize they're not taking, they're not a, taking break. a break. They're not taking a break. They're just plowing through to make room for yeah. all the other rumored shows yeah. we're going to talk about. So I'm going to catch up with that. You Are you caught up with your I did, I did. Okay. I, I, I caught up. This episode uh, was great. Uh, it uh, featured the Crimson Corsair, uh, who's... Oh, this was, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, don't want to get people's hopes up. There, there's not a lot, but it, it, okay. was, it was cool to see him, and in the ongoing Star Wars adventure, Sure. Mm-hmm. He's been in databank brawl. No, yeah. we haven't done a databank. Well, I guess we, we did. We did with him and his uh, his uh, cohort, Quigold. Uh, uh, Quigold, yeah. Anyway, point is, I've been saying uh, Sedan Athano. Yeah. So have walks I. in and like, hello, Sedan Athano. Like, okay. Oh, so all right. Sedan. I've been saying Sedan. It's Sedan. It's Sedan. Yep. Max von Sedow. Max von Sedow. <laughs> Got it. Max von Sedon Athano. I there mean, you look, go. Look, I grew up saying nine num or uh, uh, nine num, and it's nine num, and that changed my life. So, yeah. you know. Magneto, Magneto. Yeah. Yep. What are you going to do? Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that, that's it for my resistance. It, it was it was a good episode. Okay. I can't wait to kind of look back at the whole thing once it's all done. We'll but. check. Yeah, we'll check in uh, on the whole series. We'll do maybe a little wrap up of the series when it all uh, comes down. Uh, with that, though, we're going to get into the news. And uh, back in the day, this was this was Jennifer Landis' section, and I've taken it over, and I failed to do it to, with the charm <laughs> that Jennifer does. Uh, but I was thinking about that this weekend. Not only is it, uh, you know, we miss Jennifer, but I was like, I miss Jennifer going through the news. It was always <laughs> surprised the way she handled it. So, Jen, we're thinking of you. Headline, headline, Clone Wars, Season 7, the release date finally confirmed we're going to say finally confirmed. Confirmed-ish? Confirmed-ish, because if you read through it, it was something that came from like a Disney montage, right? Yeah, that has since been taken down, Boom. I think, is yeah. the key thing. Yeah, and I was uh, a lot of different places that you can read the article. I was choosing slash film this time around, not an endorsement, just sometimes the easiest one. I'll, I usually always try to click those hyperlinks to the very beginning of the story. Yes. I suggest anyone out there does that as well, but I stopped on this one. <laughs> so, um, so we finally know exactly when it's dropping question mark. We don't know if it's binge style or weekly. I think I'm Lee. I just got that feeling. It's weekly. They're saying February 17th. Yes. Now we knew it was February. February is not the February has been told. Yes. But when and where February 17th, we've got 12 episodes, which I believe we already knew. Nice. Uh, not the, the original run cause it was on Cartoon Network it was like 22 season six, 13, 12 here. So Joseph, first of all, are you ready? Uh, what do you think about this date? Are you ready to believe it? Uh, I'm excited. It seems like that was that they took it down because they weren't read that. Maybe that was not supposed to be in there kind of yeah. thing, but I really hope that's true. And, and uh, you know, I 
some point, you know, February is real close. It's going to come out. They said February. Yeah. So I'd be happy with that date. Uh, as people pointed out, if it uh, if they do weekly, that would mean and they stay with that date that they would end on May 4th. That mm. would be awesome. Ooh. I really like that. Uh, the Star Wars holiday, uh, a pun turned into a holiday. Yeah. A twisted and beautiful thing, I think. Uh, so I'd be happy for that. But more than anything, I'm just really happy for people seeing how many people are getting excited about it and how many people are revisiting Clone Wars or watching it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm seeing so many people watch it with patience, Mm. which is so rare and beautiful, where I'm seeing people who I know uh, online are genre fans in general. Yeah. Like, definitely like Star Wars, but it's on the shelf with MCU and Doctor Who and a bunch of other things. And going, hey, everyone has told me, yep, there's some Jar Jar and Battle Droids kind of kitty humor in the first season, but there's all these other ideas and seeing people approach it with such patience Mm. and go, Mm. Hey, I, I, I see where this is going and it's going somewhere really deep and interesting. Yeah. You know, so that in a way is the most exciting thing for me is to get everybody kind of uh, re excited about Clone Wars. Yeah, that that uh, I was getting there too. You know, I'm going to be slightly. This is going to cause some problems, Joe. So I'm going to I'm going to go this way. I think I've been re- really reserved. I was getting close to announcing a brand new Clone Wars show on Collider, and we were producing a Clone Wars not just recap, but a show separately for Clone Wars because we felt it's so deep to go in, and there was some good stuff to mine there. And I'm disappointed because I was just starting to get back doing my research, oh, and for the wow. first time ever, first time ever, I was going to watch the order the, the the story order the correct the chronological, correct chronological order. Order. Yeah, yeah not the release order i've never yeah. done that just because it's a lot of work you yeah. have to you have to look at a chart i don't want to ever look at a chart <laughs> when i watch anything and uh, i was gonna do that um so you know now i have a chance to do it for force center and actually that's probably more where yeah. my heart wanted to go anyway so uh i i'm with you i i'm excited it puts it's kind of like when you'd be like oh i gotta i gotta do my uh, game of thrones rewatch before the next season oh i ran out of time i gotta just yeah. Get through it. Uh, Clone Wars is a lot to get through. It is a lot. It's a lot. But I intend to do it before the 17th. Yeah. But you, uh, yeah. I, 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 go ahead. No, no, no. Go I'm, I was just going to say, I'm really, Sir? I hope for weekly. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I think uh, I think Mandalorian has really hammered home the power of weekly. Yeah. Uh, the conversation continues to go in. It becomes a national and, well, one day an international <laughs> uh, <laughs> conversation uh, that is is better than a Stranger Things weekend dump. Yeah. I think. I think so, too. And yeah. yeah. So uh, I think that they will have learned that, yeah. especially when they don't have as much new content. I think they want to highlight mm. that they have new content, right? Yeah. Well, Instead of just going, hey, quick, it's done. There were those articles going around. I didn't check the numbers and it's because disney's doing fine uh the the after mandalorian the losing a bunch of subs that's gonna happen all the time yeah like, of course that's that, that's built into the model that's why prior to wrestlemania wwe gives away the network for free hoping that 20 percent of you stick around if i could if cbs all access would allow me to auto resubscribe whenever new star trek and they just that's let me good. do that of like i'll pay yeah. <laughs> for the months you're airing star trek and then i'll be back like it's look that's not a bad we're wrong podcast yeah, yeah, but that's not a bad idea yeah because uh, then it's built in um so yeah we'll see i think it's important for weekly what are your going to this final season uh, i just yeah. noticed i wrote finally uh go in my notes uh expectations and desires for what we know but also what we don't know about season seven for you yeah, I think w- my uh, partial knowing from 
I, I don't think they changed mm. a lot of the trajectory that they had already written. But yeah. I'm really interested to see what bells and whistles get added. I think the the things that I'm most excited for are building Ahsoka's perspective of the Jedi at this mm. point in her life. Right. Given that she made the choice to walk away, but also I think still has, you know, love and concern for Anakin, how mm. that will play into kind of the, the tragedy of yeah. Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. But also more importantly, the just I think this season is going to be all about Ahsoka's showing what part of the Jedi philosophy do I take with me now that I'm not officially a Jedi Yeah, that that I'm really interested in. And since we know that it is going to deal with, at least in the climactic episodes, I think with Mandalore, I wonder if there is going to be even more room to enhance Mm. the myth of Mandalore and point us in the general Mm. direction of where some of the ideas are going for the show, the Mandalorian. It's so because I, I know a lot of I even think I've started to see some articles about that, particularly like, what will this Clone Wars tell us about? I, I really believe these episodes, most of them were already in the can. This is yeah. old stuff, but it's Filoni. So I'm very curious to see what was seeded a long time ago. Because yeah. uh, we, We're not talking about the Mandalorian on the main show out of respect for the two people in UK who have not stolen <laughs> the feed yet. Uh, but, you know, there's some interesting newer or fresher concepts of Mandalore and the culture and this and that in the Mandalorian that not, not go against the clone wars, but add to it. It tells us that there were more perspectives than the one we saw yes. in the clone wars. And, and it is an easy nerd wormhole to bring your mind into of like, how did yeah. that philosophy sit with that philosophy? And I think there is room to add that in. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I think you've touched upon something. I think this final season will really confirm that Ahsoka is essentially the main character of the series. He was an anthology show ultimately. Right. But yeah, yeah, the first, uh, well, not chronologically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Watch it. The movie that kicked it off, right. It's, it's Ahsoka. It's the, the perspective of a young Jedi coming Mm -hmm. up in a war. It is the story of the war in the story of Ahsoka. And so many times Felina said, it's going to be really great to finish this. Yeah. Which means I think it is going to have commentary on the nature of the war and on Ahsoka's relationship with the Jedi and with Anakin. And that's going to be really interesting and powerful. The voice to hear of her, you know, Ashley Eckstein does Ahsoka and Rise of Skywalker. And I think a lot of people are rightfully so focusing on, hey, did she die? Did she die? And Dave Filoni put out that Gandalf the white tweet and all that stuff. I am interested, and I did see someone kind of a different question. If just I want to make sure we didn't grab it. I didn't think so. Um, I, I want to step on any fan question that we might have at the end of the show of the idea of like, well, wait a minute. Does that mean is she a Jedi again officially? And mm-hmm. I think that's more of an interesting discussion about her character. Did the did does the Force when you pass away? Does the Force go? <laughs> well, you weren't. You you filed the resignation paperwork, and you weren't in the Jedi Order. Or do they? I don't. Accept yeah. The pur- the purpose of your soul, the meaning of you behind your soul. I don't think uh, Jedi Prime, whoever is at the gates of the <laughs> cosmic Force, going show me your ID badge. You know, I that's. Uh, Were, did you but, have access to the library? Okay, yeah. you're it. <laughs> it's a fun joke, but it's also yeah. like that is. Honestly, what's at stake? And, and, and I think yeah. the crucial and interesting thing is where is she at this moment in her life? Right. Because she's got that great line to Vader in their fight in Rebels where she says she's going to avenge her master to Vader. Mm-hmm. And Vader says, well, Jedi don't do revenge. I'm paraphrasing. And she says, I'm no Jedi. Right. But is that 
a feeling that has arisen in the the purge years of the Empire? Mm-hmm. Or is that, you know, how is she feeling about what Jedi means at this moment, I think, will inform that great Rebels moment and then going forward. There's still so much story to tell with yeah. Ahsoka before she gets to the point where she is whispering to Rey. There's a lot of a lot of Ahsoka stories. Yeah. Uh, put a pin in that thought yep. uh, for a second. <laughs> uh, Clone Wars Season 7, we know what's happening, and that was one of the big surprises. You know, I, I, I think... Disney Plus and the streaming wars and all those things, uh, there's bigger business questions in this world we live in. One of the simpler ways to look at it is it's given us these type of shows, and it's great. Yeah. It's great. Hey, speaking of shows and content, we touched upon this a little bit last week when it comes to Project Luminous. This is a project that's been going around, was announced, a lot of cool writers, authors pulled in for this secret Lucasfilm project. Uh, Joseph, you and I, let's be honest, we danced around what we <laughs> kind of heard in whispered hallways yes. about what the project was. I don't think we gave the answer. Yes. What was funny, a little peek behind the curtain to our listeners. You and I sometimes hear the same stuff from the same people, or we hear it from different people. And we don't, that's not what the show's about, but I think we both heard the same thing and we weren't sure if we wanted to spoil it for the other person. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's it, great. That's it so is, nice. It is. It's a combination of the sort of industry stuff of sometimes you hear a thing and then also like we are Star Wars fans who mm-hmm. don't want to spoil stuff for one another. It's yeah. Like, I heard that, but Ken might want to wait. And yeah. you know, oh, Ken knows too? Oh, good. So I'll say, I'll say this uh, without giving the sources. This is what we had heard that this was the Project Luminous was about the new High Republic era of storytelling. So this week, and we don't normally dive into rumor stories on Force Center or leaks or exclusives. A lot of them turn out to be true. Again, like Joseph said, we're Star Wars fans first, so sometimes we just don't want to be spoiled. Yeah. Is that fair to say, right? Yeah. Uh, Jason Ward over making Star Wars, he's good. He's he's looking through garbage cans and he's hiding over walls i i know jason i met jason and this is he, he's great at this job uh he put a story out but also zero dot h u i don't know that i'm old what web zone is that i'm uh, not sure I, I think you can have whatever you want the kids these days can put kids you, you can put any letters there and in the internet still work worldwide web dot whatever uh they both kind of ran similar stories at the same time uh jason and making star wars does cite them and says hey good for them too i think it backs up what i'm saying and they back what uh, i back up what they're saying that the high republic era is set roughly 400 years before the events that we know now and that this is project luminous and that both sites reporting will cross into games books comics but then both go into the film's direction so we'll dive into that in a second now kevin scott one of the writers uh authors uh don't uh, did the Ju- duke Jedi Lost, among other things in Star Wars, has been tweeting for months now, oh, it's a Friday, I'm going to read this Bane book. Yeah. That's right. So he's been having fun with it. Uh, possibilities of story include exploration, I'm sure political intrigue, maybe even a younger Yoda if it's Ooh. only 400 years ago. Not a baby Yoda, a teenage Yoda, <laughs> a middle-aged Yoda. No word Tween from Lucasfilm. Yoda. No word from Lucasfilm. Joseph, let's dive in. I put it all on the table. All right. Like a game of Scrabble, pick up what you want to make the words. <laughs> okay, so yes, everything that you said, hmm. we heard whispers of the 
the Project Luminous has been announced as a publishing thing. Yes. And the High Republic era is what we heard about, which is fascinating to me of the idea of this is when the Republic was functioning well as a government mm-hmm. yep. and the Jedi were functioning well. Uh, obviously, the, the prequel uh, era shows us where both of those things weren't functioning. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to say, like, well, what kind of conflicts yeah. could the Jedi get into or other people in the galaxy. We know there are still uh, pirates and smugglers and we know there are people outside of the Republic mm. who are doing things like enslaving people. So there's still, yeah, yeah. you know, problems. We know that there hasn't been a full scale war, but that's nothing to say like the, you know, the entire, uh, not Corellia system, but you know, yeah. who knows, maybe Corellia does have a war with another system, yeah. right? And we don't know about it because it was 400 years ago. So I think there's so much to tell What's exciting to me about the storytelling is that I think since you can't go, the whole galaxy is at stake, Mm -hmm. you can get into, hey, I introduced you to a two Jedi Jedi and their Padawan and their smuggler and former friend. Yeah. And this conflict on this one planet is everything to them. And so the emotional stakes are character and story driven and gets us a little bit away from the, it's got to be a ticking clock. Everything Mm -hmm. has to be at stake. And just say, hey, remember the reason we care about care, uh, about mm-hmm. stories and the reason stakes are higher is if they're important to the characters yeah. and we relate to the characters. So this is a great era of storytelling where you have to do that because the whole galaxy is not going to be at war. Yeah, because we're, we take C.O. Bibble at his word is what we're saying, right? Yeah. There hasn't been a full-scale <laughs> war. Um, I hope his cousin's around uh, or his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. Bibble, yeah. Bibble. Bibble. Yeah, this is exciting to me. When I first heard about it, I because I, I don't have an aversion to Old Republic. I I I, I gotta t- I'm telling that to myself. <laughs> or sometimes I'm like ah, because I didn't play the game and didn't get the game, and I'm not you know Revan posters don't hang on my wall. I so sometimes I'm like I don't know, but I did like the going to the beginning of the Jedi Order and everything. I'm interested in that, and then I was telling myself, well, this is this is almost even better. It's not an origin story of the Jedi Order. It's at its height and. The Jedi Fallen Order comic, um, which, hot damn, I think I need the fifth issue. I think still. it just came out, yeah. Yeah. That is not, and that's not the High Republic era, but that kind of storytelling of two Jedi doing stuff, learning more about the Force, learning about the Jedi Order and what it means to them and their journey, that was pulling me in, especially after I played the game. And it made, it made, it made both better. Yeah. It's room to just, uh, room to just tell, uh, here's how Jedi half this this philosophy is hard yeah and how do they you know uh, uh put that philosophy into an effect in yeah. all these different situations and all these different relationships and uh, how are their characters different they're not all super serious monastic right. people right oh, yeah. you know so th- I, it's very exciting to me that's the publishing side that's though. the publishing side they both and i think it's under we're not saying by the way we're not saying these articles aren't telling the truth about the film side of it. I just, again, we're not, we're not, Joseph and I aren't, aren't Woodward and Bernstein of high Republic storytelling here. (laughs) Goodness. No, (laughs) no one has said they're not films or that they couldn't be, but it has been described as a publishing publishing effort with these specific Authors. None of those authors. I don't. I have have extensive screenwriting experience. No, and, and and to our knowledge, they're not being pulled into meetings at Lucasfilm. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the the report is yeah. that this is also going to the to the movies. Yeah, and a part of the reporting of that is stuff that you and I have talked about. Just as this mm. might be smart for Lucasfilm to do, right. where they're saying, 
hey, if we have this time period, we're going to make a movie about this Jedi and we're going to make a movie about this smuggler. And hey, if if that smuggler movie is successful, we'll make a sequel. If that Jedi movie is is successful, we'll make a sequel. Hey, if we have four of these, we'll do an Avengers type movie where they meet up. That makes perfect sense to me. And I think it's honestly kind of without trying to exactly duplicate Marvel's model. Yeah. Try to tell some individual Star Wars stories and give themselves some room to grow. That all makes perfect sense to me. I think that's the way the movies are go. What I question Mm -hmm. is whether the publishing side being set in the high Republic era and the movies, right? Because I feel like the movies are going to continue to want to not have to, to be able to pull things from publishing if they want. Yeah. But I don't think they want to invite Taiko Waititi hmm. to make a smuggler movie and then go, oh, but yeah. we got three books in the pipeline. So the backstory you want to do, we actually can't because we have to be. I'm not I'm not convinced that the movies want to be yeah. that tied to uh, the publishing in terms of their own decision making. You understand the MCU and just Marvel in general more than I do. Uh, the simple way I look at it is they're dealing with 75 plus years of comics the way they want to. So the MCU plan, which is, you know, probably at times pretty strict. Other times some creators probably get to play around with stuff. This is way different. Yeah. And again, I'm not fighting back against this. If it, it's obviously it might be true, obviously we're going to be like, yeah, the book and the thing and uh, catalyst feeds into rogue one. And you should, uh, the connected, connected, connected. Everyone gets obsessed with that. I just don't, I still think I'm not going to be in a theater with my dad and have him go, what's that? Well, dad, in High Republic era number three. Right. It doesn't work that way business-wise. Again, I'm not saying these reports are wrong or this is what they're going to do. And I'm not saying, by the way, that Kathleen Kennedy or someone up there hasn't thought about that either. <laughs> I'm oh, just yeah. saying I mean, I think, that's my reaction to the story. Yeah. And, and, yeah. That, and maybe they are going, you know what? We're going to put this all under one umbrella mm-hmm. and it's really the era. Yeah. So so we're really saying like, hey, all of you great authors, Claudia Gray, Kevin Scott, Justina Ireland, all, all of these people, mm-hmm. you write whatever you want about the system that you make up yeah. and it's going to be set in the same era. But do not create any big galaxy events Yeah. because, you know, uh, John Favreau or, you yeah. know, or whoever uh, you get as a director is going to tell a movie in that same five years after yeah. that. And they don't want any big galactic events that that get dictated. Maybe mm. I kind of think that we heard these rumors about uh, Benioff and Weiss developing the origins of the Jedi. Right. I think there's a possibility that the publishing is the High Republic. Yeah. So 400 years before the events of Phantom Menace, got a young Yoda to play with. Fun. That's pretty funny. And then movies are going to be that MCU light model. Right. But are the actual old Republic, which is yeah. getting back into when the Jedi were still at war with the Sith. Yeah. Yeah. And before that, that last war in that piece that that Beal, Seal Bibble <laughs> told, <laughs> told, told us about. Uh, yeah. Because I can see how those reports would maybe get a little conflated. Absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe. I also could be absolutely full oh, yeah. of the S word. Well, look, Feige... Shows on, you know, this is where I do love a little bit of these, you know, behind the scenes, not even dramas, but little stories. When did he come on board? Why did he come on board? He said he had an idea for a movie. Does he walk up and go, hey, guys, I heard you're working on High Republic over at Delray in New York. (laughs) 
let me walk into your San Francisco Northern or North Frisco uh, offices, and I got an idea related to that. No, I don't think that happens at all. Yeah, I think he thought, hey, what if uh, you know Yoda was a teenager? Well, we got a baby. Okay, um, <laughs> so it's not saying they're connected. And yeah, the Benioff and Weiss thing. I absolutely believe everything I've heard about those stories. The, the formation of the Jedi Order, all that kind of stuff. I don't necessarily, you know, the fact that them and Ryan were at least one point talking. Kathleen said that in a couple things. It uh, makes sense to apply. Yeah the same model of hey tell stories in the same era okay. so they can meet up but you're kind of telling your individual story until they come together yeah that makes sense to me for both the publishing so they have elbow room and it makes sense to me as a good business model for mm. star wars movies going forward yeah but as soon as it's that's the same model in the same period for both the publishing and the movies then it's a massive amount of coordination the the thing that i yeah it is um because I, th- I think you you would agree because it's how we kind of look at star wars this modern era, and I'm saying the sequel trilogy era, which includes Solo and Rogue One, not not to the discussion we had on the podcast recently, but just like in terms of new content. We know, we've talked about it often here. The creators have talked about it. The movies come out, the books and comics write back to the movies. So J.J. goes, I created a Dio, and now we're going to get a Dio story because he did that. Uh, I mean, are we? We need one. <laughs> Definitely a Babu Frick. Uh, if, if, they're, if they're like, hey, we're, we're going to kind of get ahead of it, and have our, our this era and the and the publishers and their video games and there's comics and then the movies can come after that and maybe work back in a general sense to the books. I'm interested in that too. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying that's that that's what's happening. It's intriguing though. Yeah, it's we're, exciting. We're definitely getting something in High Republic era. Yeah, this is the that's a specific term you and I heard. Yep. In separate gossipy conversations, probably <laughs> over dinners. Uh, and I of all of the things of. I admit I didn't read it. Uh, the the Timothy's on outbound flight. Uh, it was I think towards the end when I was like getting ready. Eh, I don't know if Legends is pulling me in or what we used to just call the expanded universe. Uh, but I'm intrigued by that possible oh, idea yeah. of ex- six Jedi exploring an unknown world, like yeah, a Star Trek away team. Don't <laughs> like ah, that's that could be really interesting. Yeah, I'm excited for the storytelling. If it's just in the publishing or if it yeah. uh, splashes out to the movies, I'm really excited for it. And again, no word from Lucasfilm on this story, <laughs> but we do know. Project Luminous is real and exists. Final story here. Uh, we can kind of run through this quick. We're going rumors. Back to rumors. Uh, this is from a podcast called Kessel Run Transmissions. Never heard of them. Uh, doesn't mean there's no truth to this either. Because, again, as Joseph and I are saying, you hear things sometimes. It's just how life works. They say, this is a rumor, and we're going to take it with a capital grain of salt, but it seems logical, uh, that a Rebel sequel series is, is out. It's going to come out, and it's going to follow, as everyone wants, Sabine and Ahsoka, and their search for Ezra may be thrown that they say it's set for a 2020 release. Now we know animation. Some of the shows you're watching today, they started working on them years ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it worked. Um, my thought is, sure, why not? Because <laughs> this is what we want. Yes. We, if you believe, Filoni every day wakes up thinking how he can tell more Ahsoka stuff, and as he should, one of my favorite characters. Uh, this has been rumored since the day Rebels ended. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, rumored and also just Rebels ended in a way that satisfied the Rebels story and then also basically had 
a what 30 second backdoor pilot for Ahsoka and Sabine go rescue. I mean, it's, it's not even like a heard of, it's the end of the <laughs> it's GD end of- show. And we're just like, come on, we want it. That looks so exciting. It's yeah. so tantalizing. We want to see it. And, uh, you know, Filoni has some of the spirit of the trickster in him. Oh, he, he likes doing that. Right. Oh, That's a part of does. the, uh, the fun for him of going like, yeah, I know I just teased. Yeah. Uh, I know I ended this show by teasing in a uh, Ahsoka Sabine, probably Ezra Thrawn show, mm. you know, do you yeah. want that? And like, yes, <laughs> for the love of all this holy and decent, yeah. just give it to us. What? It's a great pitch, right? Yeah. It's a great pitch. What would you actually want from the series? Because a search for Ezra means at some point you find Ezra. Yeah. And then you got to keep the story going. Right. So Ezra and Thrawn were grabbed by hyperspace space whales mm-hmm. and zipped to somewhere mm-hmm. that, and I love this, uh, this, sometimes there are those great moments of fan unity where without any great specificity, maybe a hint or here mm-hmm. to here or there, we all just went, they went to the unknown regions. Yeah, that's true. Cause it may, because it's where Thrawn is from yeah. probably. And, yeah. and, and because we know they're taken off the map and right now in current Star Wars canon, if you're taken off the map, that's where you are. You're in the unknown, the unknown regions. regions. So we all just decided, yep, yeah, they're in the that's, unknown that's regions. True. So go find Ezra Thrawn and the Purgles. <laughs> um, so to me, that's all to say, I think it might get into some exploration of the unknown regions, mm. which is a part of me going, I wonder if this has been, hung up to see how much the movies want to deal with right. the first order's origins in the the unknown regions and now that that is done mm. i think there's probably maybe maybe start some of this bits that's been developed going yeah we can't quite lock <laughs> that down because we need to make sure that's yep. not we're not di- going to disagree so unknown regions possibly ray sloan early yeah. first order stuff yeah that would be great um but more than that, that's one thing I'm excited about. My second one, and then I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, shut yeah. up and, and pitch no, it. No, no, no. Um, I want to say this carefully. The end of Ahsoka. I love Ahsoka. Yeah. And I don't want her her story tied up so much that there's not room to tell other stories. Right. But as, I think we talked about this either last week or a couple of weeks ago. All of Clone Wars, you had that tension of what's going to happen to her for right. Order 66. All of Rebels, you have that tension of like, but she would help Luke yeah. if she were around to do it. So we've had these two massive arcs of Ahsoka where you're like, yeah. Mm. And now mm. you even kind of got that with this show of like, well, why isn't she back helping yeah. the fight against the first order? And there's been so much of just like, I want to enjoy this character and have her arc be her arc. And I'm just really excited to see. Mm. Uh, I, th- I'd be happy if this thing was 12 seasons long and we get to spend all that time with Ahsoka, but I'm happy for her story to just be her story yeah. and to have in a, a beautiful, noble end mm. that fits Ahsoka in some way. Let it be known. Joseph wants to kill Ahsoka <laughs> Tano. No, damn it. Damn it. Here's the thing. Yeah, no, you're right. Because I, this wonderful character, let it take, take the rise of Skywalker thing. Not completely out. We get it. You hear her voice. You have to assume she's passed away. Filoni, here's the fans and what that means. If I'm Dave and and we, you know, we hear he's very protective of this character for great reason. If I'm given the chance, because Clone Wars Season 7 is him going, wow, I get to end something I didn't have a chance to end. It was taken away from me. Since he is not uh, going to be in charge of Lucasfilm overall, you know, he might have a hand in it, but it's not going to be him on the throne. If you are got a chance to write the 
complete story of this character that means so much to you, including her death and how you want to handle that. I I would take it if I'm I was him. I'd want to. Hey, yep. You know what? Let me write the beginning. Let me write the end. Yeah. And control the narrative as best I can of a character that's important to me because I know it's important to my fans and fans of her. Uh, I would I would want to see that actually. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of my expectations of the series. Yeah. And it could run for four or five seasons. You know. Hey, maybe and- it's. Two seconds in in, a, in the show's time because she goes into a wormhole, but it's thirty five years in our time. I don't know. Yeah, and it, it leaves plenty of breathing room. Like the same way, you, like there's so much breathing room even after all this storytelling to tell a new story about Anakin and Obi Wan yeah. during the Clone Wars. You know, and, and the same thing. So it would not be the end of storytelling for Ahsoka, right? But it would also complete her arc. Yeah. The other thing that's exciting to me about it is with the sequel trilogy completed. You, you read that visual dictionary and, and the rest of Lucasfilm storytelling already has their foot on the gas of like, great, we mm. can set a timeline. We can, mm. now that we know what's locked into the movies, now we can go to town. Mm. And I think if they do go to the unknown regions and if there is a bit of first order intrigue and the various horrors that the first order survived right, that right. have been talked about, there is room for Filoni and team to do some great storytelling that supports the sequel trilogy the way the Clone Wars supports the prequel era. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's kind of a weird jump to go, oh, great, whatever, what, however Palpatine manifested Snoke, if Snoke was a person who existed that he cloned or he right. entirely fabricated, whatever the deal is, the idea that we could actually see that because Ahsoka, Sabine, and Ezra mm. are somehow interacting with it, and yeah. it in ways that it could flesh out emotionally. Mm parts of the sequel trilogy and, and parts of the sort of the meaning and the idea of the first order. It's thrilling. It's, I like it. See, the series has become more intriguing to me than just a Sabine and not to mention you have some stuff with Sabine. Sabine. It's not a throwaway character, no. by the way. Super cool. Super interesting. Yeah. And what does she think if she's out there and what's going on? Yeah. What's, what's a great the, purge? Yeah. And what's the deal with her and Ezra? Yeah. yeah. What's the deal? Uh, anyways, <laughs> we'll hear more about that. Lucasfilm not coming on that, commenting on that at the time of the, this podcast. Uh, we like uh, spending some time dancing around the news. We'll follow up uh, whenever we know more. But that's it for the news. But uh, before we uh, take a quick break, as we like to do, we're going to recommend an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Today, Joseph, what's our choice? Uh, we are recommending Force Collector by Kevin Shinnick. Uh, we recommend, recommended this a couple times, but it's one of the fun books that is a build-up to uh, Rise of Skywalker. And it is about a kid who thinks he's force sensitive who is going around and finding objects and sort of discovering the story that we all know from a different perspective so it's a lot of fun i'm gonna take a a listen to that one myself one day it's on my list if i can slow down my life so uh (laughs) with that said the news out of the way we are gonna take a break and on the other side we're gonna dive into the lucas themes in the rise of skywalker we'll see you after this quick break Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back to Force Center. This is, as we always say, the big show, the main show, the superstar store of our fleet. It's where we really get a chance to just dive in, discuss, and this is going to be, I think, a really excited episode. Joseph, take it away on Lucas Themes and the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, very excited uh, to discuss this uh, because sometimes in the news we we end up discussing the story behind the story of uh, who's in which boardroom, deciding uh, which character is going to be on the screen. Uh, for this uh, main topic, we are going to dive into 
the story. So before The Rise of Skywalker came out, we did an episode of the main show, uh, episode 198, kind of examining the major themes of the Skywalker saga, the majority of which are embedded in Lucas's first six movies um, and, you know, various uh, cartoons and books and whatnot, but mostly really emanating from those first six films and being carried forward by the sequel trilogy. So we looked at kind of what we thought might happen in Rise of Skywalker based on those themes. So now we're going to take a look at that exact same list of themes and ideas and see how they actually did play out in the Rise of Skywalker. And the other element that I, that I want to throw in here uh, for you, Ken, mm. is as, as we're talking about whether or not that theme was represented in Rise of Skywalker, I'm also interested if you feel like anything new was said about that theme mm. or if anything final mm. was said. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, since this is the conclusion yeah. of, of the saga. So with that, let us dive in. The first theme or idea is one that I bang on about all the time, and that is the idea of new and old, that Star Wars is generational, that it has been ever since 1977, and Luke Skywalker wanted to become a Jedi Knight because mm-hmm. of his father. So new and old, generational, always been there, the past and the future, working together together. So what do you feel was said about that in The Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> I feel I feel a lot was said about the future, how it's it's on you, kids, in the future. This is your story, but the past is there. Again, Last Jedi was not kill the past. The villain wanted that. We know that by now. At least you should. Uh, so... I keep one of my favorite scenes is Poe crying at the at the at the feet of of Leia's body and Lando coming in. I really think it's Billy Dee's best moment in the film. He's got some great moments, yeah. fun moments. But he came to play as an actor, came to play as the character, and just the you know we had each other. It's a really heartwarming, emotional scene for for old Star Wars fans because yeah. it's a full acknowledgement. And it's also addressing specifically the heroes, um, not necessarily the boots on the ground. It's, a, it's part of it. But I love that and how you can draw that strength from the past and not live under its shadow, but you, you apply it to your life and your battle forward. And Poe talking, you know, good people will fight if we lead them and all those kind of things. That was, to me, my favorite, favorite. The old is here to help the new, but this is still your fight. Yeah. And it, was, it was, And it pays off again when Lando... Oh, I'm going to get me pulled into the Nando movie shows up. Yeah. There's more of us, Poe, more of us. Yeah. Uh, so great. That's, yeah. that's where, that's where that, that, this question, I go right to that scene. Yeah. And I, I think it, to me, an essential part of that is I, I have seen criticism online where like, well, I thought the last Jedi was about Poe learning to be a good leader. So why is he still struggling? Why does he need help? And, and I, I understand for me, the last Jedi was about Poe learning. He needed to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And then in the rise of Skywalker, he's, trying real hard and what's mm. beautiful about that scene is he's saying i'm i'm doing it i'm leading i'm the one who gave the speech at the beginning of the movie about yeah. palpatine coming back I, you know yeah and what lando is telling him is like there's no magic trick dude mm. you're already doing it so it's just getting mm. reassurance from the past of like y- you got you have everything you need yeah and then poe goes and immediately says hey finn i want you to be the general with me yeah. And they do the general general. general. Uh, so it, I, I think that's a great example of learning from the past. I feel like mm-hmm. the force awakens. There's so much awakening. Yeah. The Falcon Han R2 so much from the past literally awakens yeah. as, as well as the new generation in Ray and Finn. Uh, and the last Jedi really wrestles with, should we throw this all away? Yeah. 
and Kylo advocates that. And then Rise of Skywalker is about the healthy process. And this is one I feel yeah. like a good final statement was made. It's about learning from the past. You gave that great Lando Poe example. We see Ray so actively, literally learn mm-hmm. from the past of I'm going to read the ancient Jedi right. texts, but then yeah. I'm going to apply them going mm-hmm. forward in my own choices. Right. She learns from Luke, but Luke also kind of learned from her. You know, a thousand generations live in mm-hmm. you, but this is your fight. This is very much like learn from the past. Yeah. But take it forward. Even just kind of the interactions between Han and Ben. Yeah. Even is Han saying, hey, here's my advice from your memory mm. of your of being your father. Um, you got this. Yeah. Almost all of the lessons being passed by the older generation in The Rise of Skywalker are, yep, it's hard. Yeah. You got this. You got it. You know, and then culminating to me I, I, in burying the old lightsabers. Rey is yep. not there with Luke or Leia's blade. She mm. respectfully buries the past and she has the new late lightsaber built out of her staff, built out of her life mm. going forward. So this one just it was an yeah. out of the park win for me of it, it is a, it's a teachable moment. Yeah. Don't, you don't repeat the past. You don't kill the past. You learn from the past and you make the future. You said, like, repeat the past. I love that Palpatine is is taking the past and draping it all over her. And, yeah. And uh, Hark, you know, Luke had Vader. You don't have that. You have me. And that goes into some other things about family. But just like, he, I am the past and I'm the future. And, and, and <laughs> she's choosing to go against that there. Because, yeah, the Force Awakens, we've talked often here. You're literally playing in the shadow of the past. And we all are. World War II ends. What does that mean for us and it's not the end of conflict mm-hmm. and it's not the end of this. And what does it mean? And how do we learn? How do we acknowledge? How do we honor, but take what's best and improve on what they did? That's all present. And I do think it comes to a head here and, and it adds what you just really adds weight to the burying of the blades. Yeah. The Tatooine, uh, you know, her new home that she's got a good rent on that people <laughs> are upset about. But that's a different conversation. Oh yeah. That I never interpreted the uh, old woman who comes by is uh, maybe the landlord. <laughs> it's been so long since anyone's been here. The rent is killing me here on Tatooine. Water and trash are uh, yours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on uh, to the next thing on our list is adventure, excitement, fast-paced cliffhanger, serial genre mashup. Uh, it's kind of a theme, but it's also mm. a little bit more of just sort of a mission statement and a part of Star Wars DNA that mm. they started from George Lucas just seeing Flash Gordon on a Saturday afternoon and go, ah. I want to go to the planet of the ice worms who shoot mm. lasers from their eyes. <laughs> yeah. And and then also it'll be a morality tale about how to be a good human. Yeah. Uh, that's the mashup that mm. is Star Wars. On the sort of action-packed pulp adventure side, how do you see that in The Rise of Skywalker? This was, this was uh, for me, for me, this was like my favorite version of it since maybe New Hope. Uh, Empire's got it too. Jedi, Jedi's. We've talked. It's a it's a weirdly structured movie when you look at it, and it's but it's part of it there. Force Awakens is great. Uh, Last Jedi, much like Empire, goes a different direction with that pace. Yeah. That that. But this is they looked at New Hope, and I've talked about like they literally put a rescue scene in. Yeah. In a hangar and everything. It's so familiar in a wonderful way to me, and I felt it really, really worked great. It really drove home. The themes of you got to keep fighting and you're going to overcome obstacles and there's going to be something else in front of you. You don't ever just change and win. And I'm a leader now and I've got that down. Uh, And and, and it ties into the pulpy part of it, too, for me. Yeah. I I feel like it was such a huge choice to embrace that part of it 
in the content of, hey, they're big cave snakes. Hey, mm-hmm. there's a weird That's Sith right. dagger. Hey, uh, this dark half wizard is actually your grandpa, and he's hanging from bubbling <laughs> equipment and all, all this stuff that just kind of aesthetically mm-hmm. had a little bit more of the like, remember, that's that's what this was in 1977. It was a B-movie with an yeah. A budget and then deep philosophical themes that people, you know, jumped on or didn't. Um, so I think there's that part of it. And then just watching the movie again, I understand some people feel like it moves too fast. And, and I think that's sure. totally a taste thing. But it feels like such a choice mm-hmm. to be like, we're going to oh, take yeah. that sense of constant movement and a ticking clock and you solve one problem only to run face first into the other. And we're going to put that in the movement of the camera. Mm-hmm. We're going to put the movement of that into the edits. And I think it just really, uh, it feels to me like a choice to reclaim and go like, Hey, in 1977, people saw that this was flash Gordon mm-hmm. with a twist. And yeah. we've lost a little bit of that cultural awareness of that part of star Wars. So we're going to put it in here big time and yeah. it works for some people and for other people it doesn't. Yeah. And I push back and I've heard some of uh, the editing and pacing hides bad story elements. I, you're okay. Uh, but if you break <laughs> it down by the second or third time you're seeing it, the pace is not, keep using an example of you going a batting cage the first pitch is going to whiz past you the second pitch you're going to feel the third pitch you're going to hit because you, you're there the more i see rise of skywalker the more you just each sequence has its own beginning middle and resolution theme moment and, and that, that to me is not a fast pace yeah yeah there's a, a rhythm and a specificity rhythm is a great way to say Ooh, the rhythm's going to get you uh speaking of things getting you uh let's talk <laughs> about the need to act versus pacifism so this is uh obviously a big theme in star wars it's what Mm -hmm. we see Jedi wrestle with when they go into hiding of we see the Jedi go oh well did we enter the Clone Wars to defend people or should we never have gotten in them and Mm -hmm. Luke saying do I need to stand up to Vader or do I need to throw my blade down because acting won't won't help anything uh that real real push and pull how how did you receive that idea in Rise of Skywalker I took this as overall this answer because again we go to this uh, it's not a navy it's just people line is this really powerful moment for me personally and to see the galaxy rise up that this is luke luke learned that lesson in jedi um this is not the opposite of that but just like this is the other side of the coin and that the galaxy we we tried leia tried everyone tried we did a lot of trying yeah now's the time and it and also it can't be the centralized military of uh, the Republic that was destroyed by a Starkiller base. That's taken away from us. Now it really has to be us. And yeah, you know, uh, would I've loved to see a rise of Skywalker of someone saying, Oh, I heard what Luke did. I'm coming to join you. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I would have, uh, maybe in the book, uh, but the message still stands. And I thought this was, uh, 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 I thought it answered the question of, of when to pick up the blade more than anything. doesn't mean that there isn't some lessons in there about when not to. Yeah. I look at Ray, I look at Kylo, I look at Ben, uh, Ben specifically, um, yeah. you know, of that. Yeah, I think the moment of, you know, Ben symbolizing turning back to the light by choosing to throw the blade right. away insane it's pretty big yep yep i could sit here and and bleed this back to a blue blade and yep i left myself without a lightsaber but uh but but it's so symbolically powerful yeah to say in the same 
kind of place where Luke uh, threw mm. his blade down. That the Death Star's that, got a lot of blades. It's got a lot of blades <laughs> thrown in that Death Star. It's got a little history there. Yeah. But I think we see it in Ray's individual choices. Like, yeah. literally, like, hey, no, I'm not going to hack this snake apart, which yep. I easily could have. Uh, it, the Vexus, uh, thanks Visual Dictionary, uh, <laughs> that I'm going to, this is a this is a choice yeah. of when to put the blade down. Hey, we just turned the corner and there are two stormtroopers right in our face. I'm within range. I can mind trick first because I'd rather do that mm-hmm. than shoot you. You know, so she is, she's making these choices when she can to lead with pacifism. You know, and yeah. her, her defeat of Vader is very Jedi of I'm just blocking what you're putting out and giving it back to you. Yeah. Um, not going to strike you down in hate. All that, I think, is there in her her very Jedi choices. But also Poe Poe and Finn in the state of the galaxy. There's stuff in this that harkens back to Jyn Erso's speech yeah. of if you let an evil this big. Mm-hmm. go you know yeah, yeah in oh, that, definitely in, in that that those competing philosophies of like lead with pacifism but but there is a there's a point at which you can't just say you know what sith will live in peace with you because sith will come and point a big gun at every planet yeah i mean that's literally what they say literally. is going to happen it's like there there are to be attacks on every free world so it's not a live and let mm-hmm. live thing anymore it's a everyone is going to die your freedom is gone yeah and to see poe Say to like Zori, I can't walk away from this war yeah. is a moment of that. To hear Finn in their rousing speech before they take off for Exegol yeah. to the resistance for him to say, uh, uh, they, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact line of they can't take any more of us. Yeah. She know connects back directly to they're taking going around kid. the galaxy taking kids. taking kids and that's a line. So I think mm. there is, because this is the kind of big final act of the Skywalker saga. Yeah. There's a lot that leans into, there is a point where if everything is going to be taken, you yeah. have to stand up and fight. And there's a, a rousing human spirit to it that comes through in Lando showing up with all of the diverse ships, you Gosh, know, I love that. Also going back a little bit to, you know, passive pacifism or when to throw the blade down or when to pick it up. I love that for two movies, Kylo Ren is stamping around going, that lightsaber's mine. Give me that. That belongs to me to the point where he cracks it in two and then Luke uses it to taunt him in a way. Yeah. And he finally gets it. And when does he get it? He gives that powerful, fun nod to Rey of, yep, do the trick, do the trick. And it's not just that he gets a cool lightsaber. He gets the blade that he's always wanted, or at least one of them. I care. He gets either. He, yeah, he, 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 gets, gets the, he gets the Anakin blade. Yeah, he gets the Anakin Luke. She's got Leia. Blade she Ray picks Ray up Leia's yeah. story blade. And for that, just to be like, yeah, also, it's how you want to use the blade that you want to pick up. Yeah. He, he spent two movies screaming for it, and he gets it finally when he gives up a lot of himself. Because he is literally using it for defense, because yeah. the Knights of Ren are going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it, it, there. Uh, yeah. So let's move on to the next one because this is a long list. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of themes in Star Wars. Destiny versus free will. What do you think Rise of Skywalker has to say about that? <laughs> oh, I think it has a lot to say, <laughs> Joseph. And I, and I think it has a lot to say that uh, the power is within you and your blood and lineage and all those kind of things. And destiny don't necessarily determine that. We talk a lot here. We have talked about destiny in Star Wars. Let's not worry about life or any other property. Star Wars. Star Wars destiny is destiny takes you to a choice. Destiny does not take you to the end of the journey. Rey, the, her destiny has taken her to this point. Mm-hmm. And 
she's being told, you have no choice, evil's in her blood. This creepy grandpa, Grampy Pops, have a Werther's, let me take your body so I can use you to bring the rule of the Sith back. And blah. That's your destiny. And she knows that destiny is brought her to this choice, and the choice she makes will determine the galaxy and herself and everything. That's pretty powerful of saying, you have the will to make the choice to me. Yeah. And that is what it's about in Star Wars in a lot of ways. And I love, I love that moment. Yeah. I think that, yeah. You know, I, sorry, sorry. No, 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 please, she, please. And she gets down and she maybe at some point she's like, oh, maybe he's right. And then, you know, cause again, it's not a video game. You don't get your XP and, and, and not go back. No, she knows who she is, but I got to fight this guy. And I think there is kind of a moment where she's like, uh, all right, maybe this is all I got to do. And Kylo, Ben shows up. But it all comes down to the moment that she chooses to fight and he chooses, Ben chooses to fight as well. So, because it's again about his destiny too. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, she stabs Kylo with the red blade. Yeah. Sees that's not who she wants to be and yeah. chooses to heal him, you know? A lot of it there. Yeah, there's there, there's uh, so much going on. And, uh, you know, I did the big Star Wars counseling uh, episode about Rey's uh, whole, the journey in the lineage. And I feel like, the argument that is being made again by the villains, mm-hmm. uh, Kylo before his turn and Palpatine is that she has no choice that destiny, like you're saying is dooming her. And I feel like what, again, the, the villain's perspective, I feel like what the movie is actually saying is, Hey, yeah, you're angry. <laughs> you, uh, grew up as a scavenger having to fight people off with a staff and you are yeah. constantly losing people you love. Yeah. That's your anger from your life. <laughs> but the villains are trying to go, see, you know how you're angry. It's yeah. because you got angry blood. Gotta give in to it. That's your destiny. So they're arguing destiny and yeah. her choices are all demonstrating the power of free will. Mm-hmm. And then to, to really put a button on it for me to really, this is one of those scenes that I feel like this is a, a final statement from the Skywalker saga yeah. to have Luke who's, had been lectured about destiny yeah. in, in his Jedi journey for him to go. Yep. You do have a destiny. Yeah. It is the destiny of all Jedi to face fear to conf- confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi, mm. your destiny, which is great. Like that's a great thing to say for Jedi, but for the movie, it translates out to like, yeah, everybody's destiny is to try to be the best version of yourself mm. and to not be weighed down by your fear to lash out in anger hmm. but your destiny is to deal with your baggage yeah and come out the other side a better person that's a powerful thing for luke the jedi master who has, has reached his kind of total wisdom yeah he's graduated of, he's gra- he's super <laughs> graduated you know he's got his master's jedi master's yeah. master's degree and for him to say your destiny is just for you to make your choice yeah. basically I don't. I, I, I always, in the years we've made Force Center, I always make a point to listen to either counseling or happy beeps because I think it's the best of us. But uh, I admit I, I've been so busy I haven't heard your yet. I don't know if you touched upon this. If you did, I'd actually love your insight <laughs> on it. I, 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 there's a lot of negativity. This is, I, I, this is one of the only times I've kind of directly so, addressed some tweets I saw. And I'm not taking this away from anyone. If you felt this, get it. Here's my disp- thoughts on it. There's a line from Kylo of, you don't have, I forget, I'm paraphrasing, but you don't have, uh, the, you have his power, yeah. whatever the line is, right? Yeah. Did you touch upon that I at all? I did. And I saw a couple people 
tweet out, and then some people I know and love and respect tweeted out how this is the most insulting line in Star Wars. Now, again, if you felt insulted by it, listen to me, hear me, come to my fireside chat. I, I'm not, I'm not taking that away from you. Uh, you, you felt it and, and it affected you in a way and you felt it was an insult to not just character Ray, but maybe you personally and where your point of life is in your journey of life. I, I understand that. I'm empathetic to that. But I, in that moment, I just can't help but feel it's what I want. You can jump in after that is, yeah, that's Kylo going, it ain't you, it's him. And that's all you have. And, and Ray chooses to walk away from that. It's the most powerful, independent thought and push away from that ain't my destiny. That's not mine. It's it, his power. No, no, it's my power. I'm going to take that back. You're wrong. And, and I just, and that ties into this theme for me. Yeah. I thought that was a real powerful moment. And people, not everyone took it that way. Understand. But it moved me. Yeah. I, I am in agreement. I think it hit people hard. Mm-hmm. And I understand it. It hit me hard when I heard it. Mm. Um, but I think the whole point is, it is supposed to be absolutely horrible. And when you hear it and go, that's awful, yeah. that's because it's Kylo trying to break someone, mm-hmm. trying to break Ray's resolve. It, people don't like it because it takes her agency away. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. Kylo is trying to take trying her to, agency yeah. away in that moment. The exact same way Vader is saying to Luke, it is your destiny. Mm-hmm. You don't have any choice. Yeah, Joining me, it's not your destiny to decide whether or not to join me. Your destiny just is to, is join, to join me. me. And... Yeah, it, it's even more loaded here because there are all the, all these gender dynamics. Yeah, um, and, and even romance stuff between Kylo and Ray. So there, there's right. so much going on in that moment. But I feel like his whole argument throughout this is, "Hey, if you are doomed by Palpatine's blood, boy, will that take me off the hook? Yeah, uh, for being for believing that I'm doomed by Vader's blood, and and for him to say to her, mm. in fact, you don't have power. You just you're just borrowing it from a man i think is supposed to sound as awful as it does because it is what the villain Mm -hmm. is trying to say to break our courageous hero and it doesn't work because the truth is doesn't matter where it came from it's her power her choice if she had slumped her shoulders dropped her blade and said you're right and the movie ended I just don't, yeah, and I, I just go to that moment particularly uh, 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 based on this conversation. Anyways, yeah, and again, yeah, uh, yeah you're right. It's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of real world things that you might be taking into this movie and taking out of it, and that's that is not to be thrown aside. But I just think in terms of storytelling, yeah, that that was. I, I love too what you just said too about it's Kylo going. Do Do you want to sin with me? Keep sinning, right? Because it's good. If I if I did this and you did it, we're like I'm good, right? Right, exactly. Is like that's, uh, wait, that's so very real world. We all cheat on our taxes, right? <laughs> yeah. So if you do, then it's fine that I did, right? I mean, like that's the very we real world example. We have to cheat on our taxes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, my father did. Your father did. I mean, we're just, it's in our blood to cheat on our. Those taxes. are your taxes. It's his taxes. Come on, let's cheat. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, th- this next one is a little bit uh, tied in as well. Uh, the path to the dark side. So this was so such a big mm. deal. It was definitely uh, it's definitely there in the original trilogy, but so explicit in the prequels, right? Yeah. That this is the exact path. To the dark side yeah, it was like a math problem right <laughs> yeah fear, fear plus anger plus hate plus suffering equals the dark side that's just the math yeah. kids um mm-hmm. so uh, we were curious to see before the movie how much that would play in and that question of if we see that path that cycle mm-hmm. broken either by individuals or or in a larger context so certainly with all, everything that get t- yeah. got talked about of, of fear uh is an explicit threat 
um, in this movie. It's certainly there thematically. But what did you feel like the movie said about this dark side cycle? I, I thought it was broken. We're seeing kind of maybe potentially the final defeat of the Sith. And, you know, I always leave the storytelling needs to go on. So uh, we'll get to that kind of almost in the next question <laughs> here. But yeah, for me, it was on a in very individual basis for each one of these characters. It was broken, uh, which is also a, a warning that it could happen again, you know, uh, and facing fear. And Ray's not the last person to face fear. It might be the last time she faces fear in the form of a dude in a black robe. But <laughs> Dark wizard grandpa, yeah. Yeah, and it, it really, to me, it wasn't even that the cycle of the cycle was broken, but in terms of final statement, it's just keep keep going back to this because this is this if that that clip that went around of george explaining the dark side of the force during the clone wars writing meeting mm-hmm. that, that is very powerful and shows to me george understands what he's trying to put out there he's got a specific statement yeah. and it's simple and you listen to him go yeah we shouldn't be gordon gecko yes and the and george's conversation about greed and it's never enough and the power uh that's keeping into it and this 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 ties into that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lucas's specific idea of greed, which doesn't get talked about as much, but is in. It's, <laughs> it's the first one. Yoda got cut off. <laughs> yeah. Yoda, Yoda, Yoda forgot to mention greed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it's, it explains Kylo's motivation at the beginning. The dark side is is greed for more power because yeah. you fear losing power. So what what is the response to fearing losing power? Collecting more and more. Uh, what's what's the fear to they blew up your big space gun? Build another one. Another one. Build it bigger. Uh, build several small space guns. You know what my favorite? <laughs> point them everywhere. Uh, it, it's uh, That's the escalation of evil. So it makes it makes sense of Kylo's motivation yeah. when Palpatine's like, uh, when Kylo's like, what can you give me? Like more. That's what you want. Yeah. Cause you're broken. You, yeah, you, I was going to say it's, it's actually one of my low key favorite moments of the film. And one of my favorite Palpatine moments is, is cause he says everything mm-hmm. and it's this powerful, big Gothic voice, everything. And it's like, yeah. And Kylo's like, oh, okay. Okay. Well, like, everything. That's just in terms of star Wars. Like you're hitting it. That's, that's it. That's, that's what, what Palpatine would do. Cause he knows I'm going to dangle it in front of you. Red lightsaber fools. Yeah. <laughs> to get me more. Cause I <laughs> wanted it to manipulate. Yeah. Uh, and then I think for me, for breaking the cycle, I think one of the important lines for Ray, mm-hmm. uh, a couple important lines that Luke asks her what she fears the most. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't say, I fear that Palpatine's blood dooms me. She says, I fear myself, which is that reminder. I think that what Lucas has wanted to say again and again is, yep. uh, People born in these magic uh, family lines have this magic blood, magic power. Mm -hmm. So a little bit extra responsibility, they can kind of do more damage, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter because it's about choice. Yeah. And for her to be saying, I'm afraid of myself because I have lots of reasons to be angry Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of power. And if I'm not careful, that power can hurt people. It can hurt the people I love. And I'm, af- I'm afraid of myself accidentally hurting the people I love. Yeah. And for her to have that, I think that clarity helps her move forward. And, and she gets to Palpatine and says, all you want me to do is hate, but I won't even hate you. And it's just, it's just all to me about her going like, Oh, I, I get it. I get, I get the Jedi philosophy and I, Mm-hmm. I'm a good person. Just be a good person. Just make those active 
choices. I love so when you focus on her her fear is is, is herself in a way, and, and this this choice. If you really break it down, like after you know after the Chewy fake out death, and you can tweet all your memes you want about it, and the second shuttle and everything. There is a shot of two transporters. There is, um, there is, um, and how it was used. That scene isn't about that. That scene is about Daisy Ridley giving one of the best screams in Star Wars. Yeah. Chewie, I love that damn moment because we all see, we all see the blade, the, the 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 lightning, and and if you watch Star Wars enough, you're like, no, <laughs> I've seen that before. Um, She's Count Dooku's grand. Oh, yeah, uh, so you exquisite pajama ray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you see that, if you want to get caught up in the, the the fake out deaths and all those kind of things, God bless you. Yeah, we're not here to say that's wrong, but the theme there in that moment, and to go back to the fear. So now for this fear to be like, I got all this. When faced with it, I am afraid I'll make the wrong choice. And Luke coming from this. Battlefront 2 video game cutscene of <laughs> we all got to make the choice to be better and you've got to face that and 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 to break it down to that micro levels number one why I love doing the show with you but two just like that's what it's there if you want it and yeah. I think it's a powerful moment for 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 Ray on both sides the chewy scream leads to what you just said I'm not even gonna hate you I'm making this choice yeah and Palpatine even tries to double down on that when he reminds her like not only are all your friends up there gonna die you did lead them you here. You did it! So he is pressing on that exact button of her yeah. fear of hurting the people that she loves. Yeah. Anyway, so obviously fear is huge, but I feel like Ray obviously successfully breaks it because she says, I trust that my mm-hmm. power is mine and I, I'm going to yeah. use it for good and I'm going to come in and face you. And, and I think it's there too with like with Poe's arc mm-hmm. where he is he fears that hope isn't enough. Yeah. But he pushes through and he doesn't give in to the fear, and he's rewarded. Yeah. His, his hope yeah. paid off. Uh, all right, the balance of the Force. Uh, so that's been talked about a little mm. bit in Star Wars. Um, so there's been a lot of discussion about this as well. Yeah. The movie says Anakin restored it, yeah. because uh, unless uh, you want to believe that Anakin uh, existing within the Cosmic Force and speaking to Ray is lying. <laughs> he says, bring back the balance uh, as I did. So I did. Uh, and also implying that by Ray taking out the Sith hmm. in their home world, yeah. that it is restoring the balance again. But how, how did you, how did all that land with you in, in what do you feel like was this sort of final statement about the balance of the force from the Skywalker saga? I think it's very fair to have a question of what does Palpatine's return do to the end of return of the Jedi. It's very fair to have that conversation. It's very fair to the moment. You're now, you're always going to look at it different now, right? He got thrown down and he didn't die, but, but also did, uh, you know, uh, spider legs mall coming back was the thing. I was like, you've got to be <laughs> booping me. <laughs> And then I went, oh, oh. And then by the time I got the Rebels, I I was crying at yeah. the character of Maul. It's okay. It's a space fan. And I'm not doing the, eh, it's a space wizard movie. Don't take it too seriously. No, I take it very seriously and I take it very silly. Yeah. Um, this is one of the times I take it very <laughs> seriously. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I was, re- okay. What's this going to do? And, uh, you know, I've seen some of the headlines. The, this movie undercuts uh, Vader's journey. Anakin says it. And also, the very fact that it doesn't matter, even in Legends, where Joris Kaboath or anyone else, anyone else coming back in the story potentially upsets this ending. If you've read a Legends book or a new book, it doesn't matter to me. If you want to get caught up on that, great. It, do, it, it has to go on. 
and the force there was balance and there needs to be Lord Santeca addresses it in the first two minutes. There could be no balance without the Jedi. Yeah. So the fact that if, if it doesn't undercut the chosen one, which by the way, I love George has his take and he's telling the story of the chosen one, but I love that Obi-Wan disagrees. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And it, it, you have to allow the stories to go on and you have to allow a prophecy is a weird thing anyways. And maybe it's generational. Yeah. You have fun with it. Have fun with it. And Anakin says it. Balance was there. I did it. Yeah. I completed my journey. And then afterwards, things got wonky. Because yeah. guess what? Things are going to get wonky all the time in life. World War One. there's a second one. And God bless it. I hope there's not a third. Yeah. You know, but we have to be aware of this. The battle goes on and balance must always consistently be responsible. It doesn't mean that raise the chosen one or that there's ever going to be a chosen one again. Uh, so I thought it... it um, that's how I took it. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's great. It's great. I love that line. Yeah. Because, because, uh, no, sorry. <laughs> going into it, I was like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Bring, restore the balance as I had or I once did. You remember the lines better than me. It's why you win more trivia contests. Um, it was like, yeah, okay, there's the answer. Yeah. I think a couple things for me is, you know, we talk a lot about uh, unreliable narrators. We're going to a little bit more. That's one of the themes. Um, yes. But I, I trust Anakin. I also trust Luke in The Last Jedi when he said, and for a long time there was balance. Um, and <laughs> Sorry. Remember when everyone was upset about The Last Jedi in episode <laughs> eight, and then everyone kind of went, well, remember when Han said exactly what he was doing in, in episode seven? Yeah. Uh, Luke kind of answers it there, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Luke, Luke says, for a long time, balance was restored. Also, Palpatine says, it's one of the first spoken lines of the movie when Kylo says, you know, mm. I killed Snoke, I'll kill you. He says, I've died before. Yeah. I feel like he's talking about, yeah, no, I I was dead. dead. And even if, even if you want to nitpick and go like, mm-hmm. okay, well, exactly when did his spirit get restored to his body and blah, 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 blah. Obviously, He's not doing well. Yeah. This took a long time. And I think th- this gets to what the balance of the force is about. Mm. It, it, to, to me, to my reading and to uh, the way Lucas has described it, it's art. You can interpret it any way you want. But again, it gets back to it being about action. It's not bad that Exegol exists and is sitting there festering yeah. in darkness. It's yeah. not bad for the people who choose to be there. It's bad when they go and say, in fact, Every world should be like Exegol. Yeah, yeah. We're going to act and, and spew evil everywhere. So mm. the mere survival of Palpatine, if he's not being, if he's not reaching out into the galaxy, things start to go out of balance again as the First Order grows and the First Order starts acting and starts mm. ravaging worlds and, uh, you know, kidnapping children, everything that Rose and, yeah. and Paige talk about. So once they start acting again, that's when it's out of balance. Mm. And for a long time, Anakin and Luke had this great victory yeah. of the rest of the galaxy was not being ravaged by Palpatine and the Empire. Yeah. And I feel like the statement that it's not a one and done, that's why these that's why all these important choices matter. That's mm-hmm. why the Jedi matter, because the darkness will rise again yeah. and light needs to be there to meet it, to defend. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is a great message to say. Anakin personally had this great victory, which matters just because he made a better choice. Yeah. And it made a huge difference for the galaxy for years and years where people got to grow up in peace 
when they wouldn't have otherwise. Right. And because Ray makes a similar choice of I'm and Ben and mm-hmm. say, we're going to push back to me. That's a great lesson of you, you can't look at the world as our parents took care of it. Yeah. Because then you will be numb to yeah. your own power to address a problem. That was the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they took care of that in the eighties. It's solved now. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I, for me, I think the film is working hard to say Anakin did restore the balance mm-hmm. and it's out of balance again. And it will be again. And it will be again. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Attachments. Are they a danger or a blessing? What does the Skywalker <laughs> saga ultimately think? I love, and I, this is clumsy. I think we've talked about it before here. I saw this going around. I think even our Discord servers, some people were talking about it, that they love kind of Kylo used his powers to save life, which is what Anakin wanted, and it ended up redeeming him and saving Rey and the almost exact opposite of Anakin and Padme, right? Yeah. Even though you and I both agree, I wish we, wish we got a little more... Uh, any mention of Padme in the film. That would have been great. Would have been great. Um, so there we go. We're negative. Um, <laughs> I'm in a weird mood today. So anyways, I'm just going to go to that scene and start my, my discussion there and hear what you got to say. I just love that that attachments, uh, not necessarily, uh, they're forbid, but they're not necessarily uh, the best. It's how you act. It's how you, how it's played with in your mind. Uh, look at how Palpatine and, and Anakin, uh, how, he, how he really, really preyed on Anakin with those attachments. And I think the prequel series did a great job of that. And uh, Luke struggles with his, uh, you know, attachment with Han and 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 Leia, and even the yeah. droids and Chewie and and Yoda going, yeah, that's good. Just let them go. Yeah, if you <laughs> if yeah if you value what they fight for, yeah, let them let die. Go. Yeah. And I thought this set around uh, Kylo. I think there's some attachment to you know he's got his parents playing deep into assault. It's a different kind of attachment. He can't let go of his his sins and his mistakes and it, and it fuels him the wrong direction for a long time. A little bit more of a different version of that kind of conversation. I just love in the end that the one attachment Kylo might've had at this point was his own life. And he gave that up and turned yeah. into a blessing. So it could be a good thing if you, if it's approached right. Yeah. I, I this is one where I feel like a, a big statement is made across all three trilogies mm. of you, you get the Jedi going, Ugh. We have all this power mm-hmm. and it's dangerous to train people up because then they fall to the dark side. Well, what is one of the main ways they do it? Well, hey, if you have a, a family you love, y- you might lash out in hate mm-hmm. to save them. You you might be really vulnerable to fall into mm-hmm. into horror. But then the Jedi become uptight about it and yeah. they get to the point where they fear attachment. I, I think that's the idea. Yeah. Like to, by that they point, fear, yeah. it's not healthy, mm-hmm. right? It's not... Um, just like, hey, this is hard and form rule. We won't question it. Mm. Don't get attached. You love yeah. the whole universe. Don't love a specific person. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then Luke kind of turns this on its head by the only reason that he and Anakin can win mm. against Palpatine and Return of the Jedi is because Luke is attached to his father and is so sure that there is good in his father. Yeah. And that that's that statement is there if you want to read it. But I think this the sequel trilogy takes that so much uh, farther and makes it explicit, particularly in the rise of Skywalker, where almost every victory is about a person making an individual choice, Mm. but being supported by others because you, you can't possibly do it without attachment. I think just the fact that the Jedi are like, Hey Ray, what do you need right now? Your attachment to us. Yeah. Great. Yoda saying alone, never have you been is like Mm. a real, like, no, the, the, the Jedi are embracing. Yeah attachment in every victory is about Finn making an attachment with 
Janna, Poe and Zori having an attachment. Yeah. Uh, the the rest of the galaxy showing up. You know, uh, Finn's early line about where Ray wants to go alone and, and Finn says, alone with friends. Hmm. Everything in this movie is about the only path to victory is attachment. Yeah. And yes, it's a danger, but it's a much larger gift hmm. than it mm-hmm. is a danger. I feel like is a huge point of this movie yeah that's a, it's kind of one of those big life points too right there's yeah. a lot of things out here it's not just drinking but a lot of things out <laughs> here that how you handle it is the, deci- the deciding factor in danger or blessing yeah yeah exactly okay moving on selfless love versus selfish love well, we've touched on this a little bit what, <laughs> what do you think the statement is uh here about that dichotomy in star um, wars i i think uh <laughs> Trying to find a specific in Rise of Skywalker here. Um, you know, romance is it's it's a little interesting take here. Not just I know you know this question is just about romance here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of examples of of selfless love, including people. I, I was interested to find out that in the story, in in the visual dictionary, we get this thing that Lando stayed on Pisana, and you and I talked about part of the you know he. You know who you who you've been told you are, or who you even tell yourself you are, doesn't mean you get need to stay there. He thinks ah, my flying days are done. He's old. I'm retired. Nope, you can still join the fight. You can still, uh, you know, do what you want. I lo- I love that he he joins the fight and gives up gives up himself, gives up his. I I hit out on this planet. I got this uh, Muppet who's a, a female character, by the way. I think I've I've said he a few times. Okay. Uh, I forget the name. It's in the dictionary. But <laughs> I just she, said the character's line. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want to leave the that. Clone? Yeah, said, I, yeah. I don't. I was looking around your house for it. Um, uh, so for me, this is where I'm going immediately. Just like for, it's a small example of what every character had to do to leave what they loved about their life or themselves and give up to join the fight. Every ship that you saw on that end, someone in that ship had to make that decision. Yeah. And I thought that was. That's why Poe. There are more of us. That's yeah. a powerful moment. Yeah. Brought me to tears the first couple times. Yeah, three PO being willing to sacrifice is a big thing. Big one. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing for me is Ben's act of mm-hmm. the you know of giving up his life to save Ray. I mean, obviously Ray giving up her life, yeah. you know, to to defeat Palpatine. But Ben in particular, because it does so tie to Anakin to that idea of Anakin yep. feared losing Padme. And that's what he was focused on. The fact that, as he says in the movie, I can't lose her, um, uh, that it is not about just saving that person. It's more about his needing. And even in this movie, throughout this movie, true to the Sith, uh, right away when Kylo's like, Palpatine's back, he wants you dead. Uh, and she's yeah. got, oh, you've got a new master? And like, no, I got plans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and I are going to get together and kill him. And then we're going to yeah. sit on the throne together, which is yeah. the vision she tells uh, Finn right. she had. Uh and there, there is this connection between uh, Ray slash Kylo Ben, but in the beginning of the movie, he d- he wants her to join him, but he wants to break her and possess her. He yeah. wants it, it's selfish because if if you fall, then I will feel better about how I fell, and and I will be in this terrible dark place, but I won't have to be alone. Right. And it's selfish yeah. of you break because that would be convenient for me yeah. <laughs> and yeah. my issues. When he has his wonderful transformation, yeah, he's back in a place to just say. This isn't isn't about me. Yeah, I think you should live, and I show, and I will give you my life selflessly, so you can live. Mm. You know, one is just absolutely 
possession yeah. and one is just act- absolutely giving. Giving. You know, and, and I think it's really great to tie up some of those ideas that have uh, been there since uh, the prequels and really yeah. explicitly flesh them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, play, it played really well with the 3PO thing too. You mentioned it, but uh, I just love that moment. The trailer moment, but yeah, that worked yeah, really well too. Great, great trailer moment. All right. Orphans and found family. That was dealt with a little bit in this movie uh, in sort of the idea of heredity versus found family. So what do you feel like? This is one of the big hot topic issues of, of the film, given the Ray's lineage uh, revelation. But mm-hmm. what do you feel like uh, the Skywalker saga is ultimately saying about uh, blood versus found family? I just love that you say, is there a winner here in the rest of Skywalker? And I, the winner is found family. And I got to ding, 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 yeah. Ding. And, and what's in, what's interesting. So that's actually real powerful to me on a personal level too, but I am fortunate. I'll say this. I'm fortunate. I have a pretty strong family that was uh, not broken up by divorce. I mean, that's my journey, and I know that's not everyone's journey. So I'm always kind of like, well, hey, hereditary's not too bad. I like my uncle. Like, you know, but I love what Luke says. It all really is powerful for t- to me, for Luke, in the, uh, Ghost Luke in this moment um, where, where you know, it, it all, ain't all about bloodlines. Because I do have a guy I call my brother, and his wife is my sister-in-law, and his, it is daughter's my niece and we're friends you know so it's powerful but i also loved hearing all the people connecting to this story because it did have meaning to their lives i didn't know my parents i was adopted or i didn't my parents did did, my dad did there's some really deep powerful uh dark stories that people find this movie to be inspiring to their personal journeys i've seen a lot of that tweeted out and so that's why it was very important to me that luke moment and then to the moment of ray at the end yeah um different maybe a different discussion but i don't know so no i think i'm joking but there's to me there was a pretty powerful statement on uh, not not a winner we're joking about that a little bit but just like it's pretty powerful yeah we all we all somewhere even if your family's great you have someone close to your life that isn't blood related that you would consider it it's powerful stuff yeah well let me ask you about that because uh i i got my opinions about that that final moment and what it means and of ray choosing skywalker i'm in a similar position where you know i've got my ups and downs with my family but yeah uh, there are many things like my, my dad is a gifted visual artist Mm -hmm. and from when i was really young i could draw pretty well you know and i went that's what i went to college for his power is your power his powers for me because it wasn't even a choice i'm just i'm just doodling in kindergarten and people come up and go "Woo, you can draw well and it's like i i got it from my father like so (laughs) there's always been that connection to it for me but i also have had moments in life where like i needed found family i couldn't what, what i needed in my personal journey I was not going to get anywhere else except for these people that I found mm-hmm. and bonded with. Yep. We created new traditions and like I, some very specific moments in my life where I had and needed found family. Mm-hmm. So for you, for someone who's had the same experience where yeah. you, you, you have an attachment to your blood yeah. and you have attachment to what you got out of found family. How does that last moment sit with you of, of Ray choosing Skywalker? Does it, how does it make you feel? It, it made, it made, it take, trying to take it to personal, personal uh, touch other than just a Star Wars fan. It's like, yeah, you know, no, um, it made me, it made me feel inspired. It made me feel inspired of the choice that, that, uh, just like you said, where some of my moments, I had to seek those outside sources too, that, that were closer than family at times. And, and, uh, I think it connects to that bigger story. So, I, for someone of the character of Ray who sought belonging and it wasn't 
what the belonging she wanted wasn't what she got. She got something better. Again, fulfilling Maz's words yeah. to me uh, a little bit there. Uh, it, it really worked for me. So, uh, but tied to, to my personal life, yeah, um, it 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 felt right. And it, I guess it didn't feel like to you as somebody who, who does value their family line in real life, it didn't feel like it was negating that? It did not. No. Okay. No, no, no. It did, no, it did not. It did not. And, and that's why that Luke, that Luke moment makes a lot of sense to me, you know, uh, 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 with him telling Ray that it's not just, it's not just a simple setup for the story that's going to come at the end. But to me, it's, it's, um, that, that change of perspective on what family can can mean and what it can be on both sides you know yeah i think that's part of it of like if you take the the saga as a whole and see like luke coming to accept that i want to be a jedi because because of my father who i never knew Mm -hmm. uh, and was murdered by a mean guy oh the mean murderer is my father oh wait i'm gonna choose my father was anakin skywalker yeah can i get through to him and then having that and having the bond with leia you can really look at the the original trilogy as this is a celebration of, of connection of family, of blood family, what matters. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, sequel trilogy questions some of those things. And, and by having this movie so be mm-hmm. the bad guys trying to define Ray based on her blood. Yeah. You, to me, this ends on this more triumphant moment mm-hmm. of, yep, blood can matter, but spirit matters. And it's, it's, yes. it's one of the reasons that, like, as much as I would love to see Adventures of Ben Solo and, mm-hmm. and you know, all that stuff... There's something to me that makes us feel complete of like, this was the story of the Skywalker bloodline of the good mm-hmm. choices they made and the bad choices they made. And starting with Anakin as the first force user, mm-hmm. unless there's stuff about Shmi, we don't know. Yeah. Um, and ending with Ben Solo, the bloodline ended. But how inspiring is it that the name doesn't? Because yeah. the name isn't just blood. The name is the spirit. Right. And the Skywalkers will go on forever because they're not just about blood mm. is to me it's powerful and inspiring and not for nothing but the scene with han and kylo turned ben is a pretty powerful testament to hereditary can still serve a great purpose depending again how you look at it and and also in that moment there's a little it, it's the focus is on han's compassion going back to episode seven and in, in, in his in his final act that you always talked about the cheek the hand on the cheek yeah which is plays it's just such a home run for me uh and a lot of people but like it's also in a, in a weird moment you got to think it's not necessarily ben in that moment going oh i forgive my dad for all those times he ran off to race ships or didn't raise me right or, or, or but it's a little bit of like that don't that don't matter <laughs> you know yeah so it's a little victory too for the family in terms of yeah, it gets bad. Yeah. You could you could still, not in all situations. Sometimes you gotta do what Ray's did. But for Ben, you can also, you know, forgive and find the love in it. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That, There's that's victory great. in that. That's great. Uh all right. So I, I think it is uh, not necessarily an insult uh mm. to to family connection, as you're saying, but I think it is a a win for Spirit and found yeah, yeah. family being very important. So, uh, moving on, symbiosis and kindness and empathy. Uh, a lot of this is super explicit in the Phantom Menace with mm-hmm. uh, discussing the way you know different uh, people are connected. The Gungans and the Naboo are a symbiote circle. So much of it, um, and the larger idea of the Force that gets said in many ways that, that we're all connected through the Force. We're all this big kind of flowing, mm-hmm. organic, luminous being that's all in this together. Did you did that idea come across for you in any way in the Rise of Skywalker? 
Yeah, yeah, maybe less than other of things. Other things we've discussed in here, but uh, just because Obi Wan says it so clearly to Boss Ness, uh, but it's still the same thing because you could be one of those. I don't think a lot of those systems were like ah. First order's fine. We hear the emperor's back. We heard his. We heard his Fortnite broadcast. We're okay. <laughs> um, but but so they didn't need that lesson drilled in it. We didn't see those scenes. But maybe we did. Maybe in the novel, Lando and Chewie are standing in front of someone, going, "But you must see. You perform a symbiotic circle." Yeah. Um, but the end result is there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you're all in this together when it's on this scale. Yes. Um, and I thought the ship's showing up is that moment. Yeah. And, you know, I had forgot that Poe is theorizing that people aren't answering because they're afraid, which doubles down on the, the fear theme really well. Because, again, you could hear this. St- why wouldn't they be? Right. Well, you could hear the story of Luke. Did you hear it? Did you hear? Space Wizard came down and, and he fought the First Order. That's inspiring. Did you look outside the window? Those ships are still big. And and I'm not sure. I feel as though I'm alone because that's how they've made me feel. So the, the message could still work for right, me. Right, that we are not actually yeah. alone. Uh, a thing that a lot of people on, on Twitter had picked up on, I, I saw multiple tweets about it that I had not picked up on, which I really like for this idea of uh, we are all connected and how that might dictate our behavior, the idea that kindness can beget kindness mm-hmm. uh so there's a great little scene where ray explains that she passed some of her force energy to the vexus the snake and bb8 beeps and she says i'm sure you'd do the same <laughs> people pointed out that uh bb8 gives some of his battery power to dio mm. to turn him back on mm-hmm. and then dio has the information about exegol ray leads them there but Dio has the information about Exegol that allows them to find and make their plan. Mm. So you go from this path of <laughs> Ray could have just cut that snake's head off, but she chooses to be kind. BB hates watching inspired chooses to be kind to Dio. That kindness moves forward. I'm going to guarantee within 98% accuracy rate that you're the first star Wars pundit to connect those moments. Uh, people on Twitter. People on Twitter. I, I saw this on Twitter. I, I you sure. Did not, I'm positive. Once you take credit, I am not going to claim something that is not mine. Okay. We are all one. It is in the cosmic force. You must it see. Not form a symbiotic life. pundit circle. <laughs> no, people pointed it out on Twitter that that's okay. how that he is. Yeah, I love that. Learning by watching yeah. his kind friend. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, I yeah, love it, that. it's beautiful. It, it just it just does have the. And, and, and I mean, again. There, there, it's still a Star Wars. All of that leads to them <laughs> being able to blow up lots of big ships. But it's still Star Wars. It's the spirits there. Uh, from a certain point of view, obviously big in Star Wars. Did did that theme of the importance of uh, things changing based on being able to understand different points of view mm-hmm. that come through? Yeah, I mean, uh, Palpatine's certainly got a point of view, and Kylo takes his information and certainly has a point of view, and then and then. Uh, I like how some other people come along, Luke, Force Ghost Luke, and their point of view and their view of the story. There's not, uh, well, Kylo and uh, Kylo, Kylo is a different chapter. It's not exactly that he was lying to Ray again. He had the information he had. So yeah, it, 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 it it's not as, it's not as fun as Obi-Wan lying his way through a lot of movies, <laughs> but I think it's there as well. Uh, and I think on, uh, yeah, I think it's there. Yeah. I mean, I think there is a lot of people just trying to, understand one another and like like finn understanding yep. that there's someone else like Jana and company 77 who who have his point of view that he didn't know anybody else did and that right but for me the and yeah and there's a lot of palpatine and kylo being 
manipulative and trying to get ready to see things from their point of view, all that. But to me, the biggest thing is the fact that that memory of Han is let me play this out from a different point of view. Yeah. Because here's where I was at in the force awakens on that bridge. And when I said these exact things, they meant something very different. I know what I need to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it Mm. is I'm determined on this path. And the only way forward is to kill the past. Yeah. And then to say like it, it from this other point of view, just stopping Mm. is just as hard and just as scary. And let me replay that in my mind and and replay it from this new perspective perspective. Yeah. You know, Mm. and even the, the perspective of there's no point in me listening to the call of light because my, my perspective is I can never go home to, I can never go home to Leia. Yeah. I've broken her heart. I can never go home to her. And to me, the, the, it's not just the force Skype. It's that idea of that's his key thing. He tries to break Ray with that too, by saying, well, now that you've opened yourself to even the imagination of the dark side, she won't take you back either. So to believe that and believe your mom hates you and then suddenly just Mm. feel in your soul that she is reaching out to you. Yeah. Well, look, look at Palpatine's point of view on her parents. Uh, you know, they were weak. Yeah. And she's like, I, they were strong. Because um, the entire Obi-Wan quote, what, what is it? You'll, Luke, you'll find that the very truths you cling to depend greatly on a, on a certain point of view, right? So it's like, well, often we focus on the last part yeah, of that. because from a certain point, point of view. view. Yeah, from a certain point of view. Uh, but the very truths we cling to. So it's not just information. It's not just stories, but it's just that particular moment of uh, Ray and her parents and Palpatine's view on it. Yeah. Your focus determines your reality. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and and that's great with Ray where everybody's saying it, your, your blood defines you. And she's like, sure. Okay. I'll go with my parents. Yeah. (laughs) Who made a different choice and defied you. And it was an incredibly brave thing to do. So, okay, sure. Good old From that perspective, I'll agree with it. Chad Palpatine is the world is named him. (laughs) All right. Moving on on reliable narrators. Uh, there, there's a lot to discuss in that. We've got some literal unreliable narrators in Star mm-hmm. Wars and yeah. in books that are written from that perspective. Uh, but a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away frames it as a yeah. story being told. And do we believe what we're being told or is it a, a myth that's uh, half true? Do you feel like that idea was present for you at all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some... <laughs> Snoke was kind of an unreliable narrator, too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Palpatine kind of brings a lot of, you know, not to focus on dark side. You know, unreliable narrators is always, you know, Luke was in episode eight. We've talked about a lot in, in a way. Kylo was in a way. And to finally get, I thought we got some emotional clarification on some of the stuff from the narrators in the past. Um, almost as if Luke was saying, hey, I was an unreliable narrator. <laughs> Right. Well, it, my my point of view changed. Change, I was yeah. I I was afraid that any action the Jedi take, they're going to make things worse. So I retreated. Yeah. And and I got past that fear and recognized that yep, you you do need to act. Yeah. So now I, I my point of view is is refreshed. Yeah. There, yeah. I'm trying. I'm, I'm running my head through what I think of specific moments. I'm going to weird spots like uh, Finn was an un, unreliable narrator when he he gave the impression that Chewie died. To, to, to Ray, yeah. <laughs> but he didn't or, know he, he was he an unreliable know. narrator. He didn't yeah. know. It's not fair to Finn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, part of the unreliable narrator is the the long term. Who is telling this story? Lucas yeah. in various interviews goes back and forth of like 
uh, R2 and 3PO are telling the story. They're the one who's there. Did you walk away with this from this final chapter with any new idea of who is telling us the story? Definitely the journal of the wills. Uh, it's the wills. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, and I'm glad I'm glad in a way. I, I'm, I'm I'm all down for the R2 and 3PO thing. Really, I'm down for R2. Yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't want to, I didn't, I, I think I joked at one point on Council of the, la- I want the last shot to be 3PO looking to the clouds and going, these were the Star Wars. <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad that, I'm glad we didn't get a sense of the actual telling of the tale. Yeah. Yeah. It, it works for some things. It works for me. Samuel Tarley finishing the book Game of Thrones or whatever, Frodo writing there and back. Yeah, all that stuff works and, and a lot of that kind of yeah, stuff. I just, yeah. For Star Wars, I'm glad I yeah, still I'm wonder. glad they didn't make yeah. it explicit. I, I felt like it was uh, intentionally not touched on a little bit by the idea that 3PO thinks R2's uh, memory storage oh, is yeah. unreliable, but it, it clearly worked out yeah. uh, for yeah, 3PO. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on, organic versus mechanical. There's the uh, literalness oh, yeah. uh, uh, of this, of more machine than man, um, all, all that kind of thing. There, mm-hmm. But there's the the humor versus rigidity, the mm-hmm. you know, you know, diversity of ships versus all of these same exact kind of ships. Lots of ways that that general idea manifests. Mm-hmm. But how how did you feel like that idea manifested here? It worked. It worked really well. I, you know, you saw it coming, and I, I don't care. I loved it. The, the jam their speeders, or oh, they're not on speeders, and they're on oarbacks. There, there you have right there a um, bunch of former stormtroopers. Uh, riding nature into battle and 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 it helps win. It's, uh, it's so you have that wide open one and there's there's a lot of uh, other examples. I, I just I love the um, I love the Aki Aki. I love the festival of uh, yeah. Uh, what is it, the festival of the festival of ancestors ancestors, ancestors. ancestors which again yeah. is not not a yeah. coincidence in a movie trilogy that is about dealing with the past. Yeah, yeah. here's a festival of ancestors. And not to say that the Aki Aki are like low technology were presented like that to me in mind, but just like um, a great big celebration, love, joy, culture. People, uh, there's a lot of different, especially if you look in the visual dictionary, there's, there's a lot of different, more than just the Aki Aki there, you know, and how they embrace Ray right away. They didn't question them walking around. They're like, you're hey, so happy you're here. Who are here. you? Who yeah. are you? Let me know. I want to know. Here's a necklace. Yeah. Um, and thanks, Nami Geen. Yeah. Played against the first order and, and, uh, and what you see, literally 2000 or whatever, the same looking ships, you know, it's, yeah. it's always, it needs to be present in Star Wars because George baked it into it from turn off. He's turned off his targeting computer. Yeah. That's the force. Not necessarily. It's all not necessarily Ewoks as examples. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm glad you brought up Akiaki because I really wanted to, because I love that. I think for people who want new in Star mm-hmm. Wars, we haven't seen Mm-mm. something like that. That is just like, it's such a vibrant representation of, this is what we're fighting for. Here's what mm-hmm. a happy society looks like. Yeah. They, they're selling their cool necklaces and they're, they're yeah. doing a, a large, joyous uh, dance a together. Puppet it's show for the kids. A yeah. puppet show for the happy kids. It's like yeah. organic and flowing. Like I, one of those scenes you cut right from that to like the Knights of Ren going, Bruh, yeah. <laughs> we have armor and we love metal. Uh, and uh, <laughs> exactly. Every time they show up on screen, I want to, <laughs> I like metal too. Nothing against it. Yeah. You're a Guns N' Roses fan. I, 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 I Played, I mean, uh, metal, I don't, you, played Fade to Black in a public park. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a whole story. Anyway, um, yeah, so, uh, but I love how it is. It's it's about flowing inorganic, which means not just like low tech. Flowing, it means yeah, yeah, yeah. the idea of evil is rigid that mm-hmm. and repetitive. 
that's why all of the ships are uniform. That's why everybody is stiff. That's why the emperor is like, I had years to come up with a new evil plan and it's take the big Death Star gun and put it on lots of little ships yeah. so they can't blow them all up. Yeah. Like, uh, I think that's a part of the point of the repetition of the plan mm-hmm. of evil is just keep build the gun again. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, we talked about a lot the, the, Hux is so easy to manipulate because he's so rigid at the beginning of Last Jedi and Poe is, you know, yes. flowing and has a sense of humor and a sense of comedy. And there's so many things that that can mean. And, and you just get that feeling mm-hmm. of if we're luminous beings, boy, the Aki Aki Festival looks like luminous beings having a great time. Yeah. You maybe think when you take the organic versus mechanical outside of Bright Tree Village uh, in, into what you're talking about, uh, one of the greatest examples of this to me is uh, Darth Maul or Maul at the end using the same style to take down Obi-Wan that he did Qui-Gon Jinn and how it's it's a real testament to to growth versus this is what I do. Yep, <laughs> like, yep. It's compassion my moves and, and, and vengeance. It. Yeah, and, and it plays a little bit in this because I've seen it too, but just like – yeah, Palpatine almost has the same game plan because that he, I think he would because it's 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 worked before. It's worked before. And, you know, just still, yeah. I get a little hiccup, little hiccup, but we'll figure it out. Yep. But I had my contingency plan, my, yeah. which, by the way, flows really well into this more than people give it credit for. Whether or not they the contingency plan as introduced in Battlefront Two and Aftermath and all those kind of Shattered Empire, whether that was planned, and I don't believe it was. I don't think it, I don't think Palpatine was plan to be alive at the end of that but it flows really well into it oh yeah there's no reason for him to think like destroy the board start over anew i'll find a way to come back i'm not ready to give this up yeah and i'm gonna do it again bigger better bolder ray look into the skies yep and look uh, it it, it tracks for me yeah and again and he loses because of it yeah uh, in, the, in the last one, I would say on that point is I think uh, Finn's uh, burgeoning force powers in that he has such mm. faith in the yeah. idea of the force and he keeps trusting it Yeah, to know like, yep, no, Ren is coming. This is we got to that command ship. And also even like kind of sensing I need I need to take this down. This is when to make a stand Yeah, to take this command ship down. Um, mm-hmm. It is a this very is Luke. You turned off your targeting computer moment. It is yeah. for me. Yeah. Which is uh, great. Uh, corruption of organizations. I, I think you can discuss whether this is kind of present in original trilogy with some of the rigidity of the Empire. But yeah. the prequel trilogy is such a criticism of government falling apart and the Jedi yeah, organization yeah. becoming stagnant uh, itself. Do you feel like that was present at all in The Rise of Skywalker? It, yeah, it might have been the First Order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Corrupting itself and fighting itself. And, and Hux, I really like Hux being a spy and them kind of being like, you, you didn't spy for the right reasons. You're gone as, as a, just an emo, uh, emotional beat in the story. Yeah. I, I you know, uh, Gleason's in it for, uh, yeah, not a lot of time, but, but I do like the, uh, I do, I didn't do it for you. I don't yeah. want you to win. It's so good. I need Kylo Ren to yeah, lose. It's so great. And, and so just how they're all, they're fighting, they're corrupted. And I want, I'm glad they did. But yeah. It, they're the biggest organization and it even gets them and how Kylo Ren is at the front of it. Uh, yep, I built. I built my helmet. I'm going back to who I was. I don't trust you. I don't. Tr- you don't trust me. I said it's, it's. It's a big mess. Yeah, it was like every boardroom meeting I've been in. Yeah, and I feel like just uh, there's so much that's great about Jana and uh, Company Seven Seventy Seven, as the uh, Visual Dictionary calls uh, yeah, yeah. The, that whole group that uh, that mutiny that left the First Order. I think that's just a great picture of. Th- 
the this is not going to be sustainable. Yeah. What the First Order is doing. Uh, mm-hmm. So a, a little bit of commentary on that. We are heading into the end of this list of themes and big ideas that have been present in Star Wars for a long time. So there's this enhanced realism of the sequel trilogy, I think, yeah. in that we get to see our characters older and experiencing problems. Mm-hmm. It's not just one and done. Hey, I, I came of age and made a choice, but mm-hmm. now I have to wrestle with it again. Um do you think it is still a fairy tale? I really do. And this is one of the things I love about what ends up happening with Palpatine coming back. Because there was a point, remember early on, and we first heard the laugh or whatever, we were like, it's all in the execution how he comes back. And there's a lot of times I was like, I just don't want him to pop out and be like, hey, I'm alive. And I don't think that happened. But more so than I probably would have been comfortable with at the time. You know, he's back. Like, McDormand's back. It ain't a haunting. Yeah. It ain't a holocron. Remember how we all kind of wondered there? Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be about them. Like, oops, they accidentally, yep. op- they fight on the Death Star and they accidentally open, you know, the, <laughs> open the, the strange thing his spirit is in. And, yeah. ooh, but no, the they, dead speak and we're in it. They brought him back. And I mentioned last week, jokingly, over the holiday, uh, my girlfriend's family has a tradition of watching all the Lord of the Rings films, which I usually do myself, watch the ex- extended editions of uh beautiful found family yeah beautiful found family <laughs> uh, fellowship two towers return of the king and it's and and so tolkien's just doing what a lot of these big fairy tales do you start small it's a happy village happy time smoking your pipes oh a mission and it ends with this dark force a tower lava flames rocks and it's so giant effing big and the third one is this, and I, a little bit for me, a little bit of Game of Thrones does this. It's a little more realistic in tax policies, but I, that's one of the things I love about season eight. If you go back to one, uh, do you want to go south, Ned? I don't know. Uh, Ned lost his head. This isn't good. Oh, we got dragons. We got fire. We got brother fighting brother. And it's giant. You're going into Mordor. Yeah. And that's how these go. Well, we finally got that to me in Star Wars. Now, we get a little bit in Return of the Jedi. We literally, Revenge of the Sith. We got the lava. Yeah. So it's the beats. For now, we got nine movies. Start with uh, a little boy racing pods. And now here we are at the end of this journey. We are in the den, man. You're We're in the belly of the belly beast. Belly of the yeah. beast. We're going down there. And I, so just from that point of view, this big story, that's very fairy tale like And then along the way are these powerful lessons we've been talking about that our heroes with swords learn. I, it's, it's, it's the fairy tale of the fairy taleists. Yeah. Fairy taleist of the fairy tales. Nice. Nice. I, I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I know that there are people who want, who liked the end they lived happily ever after beat every turn of the Jedi. And I kind of feel like we came back around mm. to that, but in a different way, mm-hmm. I feel like the Skywalker saga for me now is a fairy tale within a fairy tale. Mm. So you see kind of like the, the, the first six movies and you almost imagine them of like Ray's hearing the mm-hmm. fairy tale on Jakku. Luke yeah. is a myth The the Han Solo who fought in, you know, with the mm. rebellion, the millennium Falcon, it's all a myth. And in last Jedi, the way she's like, the Jedi are needed to defeat the Sith because the Sith are evil <laughs> and the Jedi. Not, I mean, I, I'm paraphrasing. I know she I doesn't, I know she doesn't say Sith, moment. but she understands it. Like she heard it in a book. That's right? a great moment. And then, she meets these heroes and she realizes they're real people. Mm-hmm. But it, for me, instead of that being a bummer, she basically learns like, oh, when I heard the story, Luke was just a hero because he's a hero. Mm-hmm. And that's the story. And then I meet them and I see everything they really had to do 
all the fears they had to go through, all the choices they had to make. And that's what made them a hero, not just because it's written down in a book, Mm. but because that's what they had to do. And if that's what they had to go through, then I'm a hero too, because I'm just a person and Mm. I need to make these choices. And if I make these choices for a while, there'll be peace and I'll get to stare out at the Mm. sunset ready for my next adventure Mm. because I will have been Mm. made myself a part of the story too. And to me, it's that idea of like, let's take the ideas of the fairy tale, but then let's remind us that Mm. they're not heroes because it's written down. They're heroes because they're choices. Choices. And that means we can apply those choices, which means we can be heroes. We can be heroes heroes. just for one day. I I said all that to try to get you to sing. I'll sing (laughs) Bowie all day. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I'm a big yes on the fairy tale. Yes. Uh, More complicated one. Coming of age, middle age, old age, the whole it is for 12-year-olds that George Mm -hmm. Lucas looked out at a Mm. just sea of adults dressed up in space (laughs) costumes and said, it's for Uh, (laughs) 12-year-olds. But he he wants it to be a a morality tale that, Mm -hmm. that helps us decide how to be our best selves. Mm. What, what do you, what did you learn from the kind of entire Skywalker saga now that it is complete? Oh, the entire saga. Or or final beats in, in rise of Skywalker. But what do I mean? There's, there's a ton of stuff that we've talked about. That is, it's how your perspective, right? So, so uh, I watch return of the Jedi at seven and my view is going to it's going to be different of now and I, i'll go back to the lando moment in this film but also luke um and and what our pal anthony bresican has tweeted about last jedi i say all the time because it's really important to me if last jedi was the first star wars film about growing old just as much as growing up and uh, so the lesson is this one that you're not you're not necessarily done fighting you're not necessarily done having worth uh, you know all right i just went through a little situation where some people, myself included, were, were removed for age reasons, not specifically saying ageism or everything, but just like, you had your time, time to go. We're going a different way. And I was on the other side of that, and my, my radio career started because they were like, oh, this 20-year-old kid will accept less money, and they got rid of the 43-year-old at the time, and and I'm part of, well, I've been part of it. Yeah, you've been part of the cycle. And the cycle will go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I could feel like Lando sometimes. I go into that sometimes. Uh, uh, your flying days are done? Flying days are done. I go into that a lot. And the mental mentoring has become, it should become important to me. And 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 uh, if you're in this business or any industry, any industry, I always go to entertainment because that's where we're at. But yeah, and you've done a lot of mentoring. Done a lot of mentoring. But like it should be, and then it's sad. That's why I think it affects a lot of people of Yoda's, uh, they are what we grow beyond. Like they grow beyond. So it's perfect. So I take it, there's a lot of different lessons to me. Now that go to what I said at the beginning, Star Wars is understood by adults, loved by children. We are all still children. Put me in front of candy or video games and I go, yay, kid life. <laughs> uh, it's still speaking to the 12-year-old heart in all of us. Yeah. And that's what George's statement really was, not just all clap, clap, clap and poop jokes and stuff, you know, like a little bit of that. Yeah. Make Phantom Menace. But um, well, in Return of the Jedi, huh? Um Burps. Burps. Yeah, it, it's like poetry. It's like poetry. <laughs> so anyways, that is, that's where I'm applying a lot of it to myself now. Yeah, yeah. I think there is a lot that I think about in, in, in Star Wars, Jedi philosophy stuff and all that, um, and try to apply it to just kind of dumb everyday stuff when I yeah. can, because a- anger and fear are always a threat every day for everybody, right? Yep. And uh, I think what the things that really inspired me about Rise of Skywalker's sort of statements at at the end giving it more weight is kind of these twin messages of 
heal first, like mm. try to reach out with kindness and yeah. de-escalate when, when you can. Mm. And you, you never know what you'll get if you try kindness first. But then also there, there are points where you have to act mm. And what Rise of Skywalker said so much is it, it just made me want to try to show up. Yeah. Because we go through the journey from Poe's perspective in particular. I think it's in Ray's journey and Finn's journey too. Everybody in here is supported by somebody else. But Poe going, I'll lead. I will go to the scariest, most impossible situation. Hmm. Please show up. Yeah. <laughs> please, please be with me. Hmm. Even Ray saying, be with, be me. with me. You're right. It, there's just so much in this that just reminds me of like, hmm. I, I want to, we can't all do it. We can't every hmm. go run and fix every problem, but just yeah. try to show up try for show up. people day to day. Try to show up, you know, for issues that matter to you. No one person can fix everything, but, yeah. but maybe the $5 you give to Australian wildfires really does make a difference even right. because it's not just you. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's mm-hmm. just a random real world example. Yeah. You know, it can be lots of things, but, but hmm. heal first. Yeah. Try to show up, try to show up. Star Wars, try to show up. Star Wars, Volume try one. to show up. <laughs> one of the messages of this uh, guy. That's true. That's uh, true. The final thing, hope. It's a word mm-hmm. that gets says a few times, said a few times. A lot in Rogue One. In <laughs> Rogue, Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a hope story. Um, how do you see it embedded in this story? Did you feel like this was uh, ultimately a hopeful story? Absolutely. It was it was a big testament to hope, a word that almost we just made a joke. It gets thrown around Star Wars like it's a joke, yeah, but it's not. It's not. It's a powerful thing. And hope hope for tomorrow is I think one of the most powerful things. The great prophets Wilson Phillips saying, Hold on for one more day. That's about hope. Hope hope that it can all change tomorrow. Hope that you could have something to do and hope that your choices can help yours. You just said show up um for other people because they might need hope. And you just being involved, you putting a hand on a shoulder and saying, I I can't do much, but I'm here. Yeah. That's hope for another person. And um it, in Star Wars, it gets boiled down to dark forces, good forces, and we need a hope to to, to latch onto to def, to defeat it. And it's a kid with a blade, uh, several times over. Yeah, right? um, that's all there, and that you can stop there. But uh, you can break it down. Uh, um, I guess I guess it's more of my favorite scene than I realized because I've referred to it twenty times today. But uh, Poe crying at the feet of of Leia is is a is a moment where he is almost without hope but he's like how did you keep finding hope and yeah lando gives him that answer and then when 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 poe loses hope again i saw some i saw you know this is why i muted a lot of words on twitter <laughs> it's like well did he you mute the word hope uh, no uh, no a uh, new hope i did um <laughs> the phrase when he loses he loses hope poe loses hope in that final battle and it's a great shot and it's a great sound design it's a great scene when he's kind of it almost reminds me of the page tico moment where sound the fade, science yeah it's just the the, the voice is trying to get through to him of general and and yeah and, and then the chaos ah, shooting and death and everything and and he loses hope and i've you know again it's not you don't xp up you don't experience points up and your character doesn't go back he thought he had it and he's still trying and, and he's trying to find hope and the joy that reads on his face when, 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 when hope returns, yeah, it's powerful. And who, who, who brought hope? Everyone else who showed up in that moment, cause he couldn't go on anymore. Um, and, and that's part of this big thing of hope. 
sometimes a hope is a battle plan. Yeah. A, a technical readout. Yeah. Because we just need a hope and a prayer that will yeah. change. So, yeah, it, it's part of Star Wars. Yeah. It's all through this movie. Sometimes hope is uh, the sound of uh, Babu Frick saying, hey. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I like. Hello. I love the sky trash thing too. That uh, that oh, yeah. let's call uh, sky the trash. Star sky trash earlier, and like, and then that's how he knows it's her. It's beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Uh, yeah, f- uh, everything you said, I think, is is golden uh, for me. I, I think yes, everybody's showing up. That is hope. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I hadn't thought about it this way, but Poe. That's almost Poe literally trying to go through the saying that Leia handed on mm. down to him and Holdo. Yeah. About, you know, if you don't believe in the sun when it's not there, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think for me, the uh, the twin sunsets have, have been featured a lot. Yeah. But starting with that first one with Luke, you can go, oh, it's about longing. It's about wanting the next adventure. And I think that's true. Mm-hmm. But it's also it's just like it's hope of like, I'm a part of this, right? I'm a part of the galaxy. There's something more than moisture farming and I'll get out there someday. So th- there's that hope and then we when we see it in revenge of the sith it's very literal of like there's darkness everywhere mm-hmm. but obi-wan kenobi just brought the literal and new hope mm-hmm. and this this little found family is looking right. at those sunsets hey, and someone's yeah. talking to us the audience of like yeah mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of awful yeah. stuff happened in this movie but remember there's hope. hope it's coming in the next movie called a new, a new hope <laughs> and when in last jedi when luke sees the sunsets on octo mm-hmm. it is so much about I accepted the responsibility and the request from Leia, from Ray, mm. from Yoda to be a symbol of hope. Mm. And hopefully this act gave people hope. So you, you kind of start to tie up all the meaning of those twin sunset moments and build mm. to this last one where yeah. Ray has and all of her friends together have restored the balance. There's hope for the future. It's really their future. Yeah. And she's there with her buddy that she made on at yeah. the beginning of this adventure for her with BB-8 and, you know, this idea that, hey, we're just standing here ready for the next adventure. Yeah. That that's a, a kind of hope that you even have hope, not in the darkness, but just yeah, hope is just a beautiful thing to have to just say, today wasn't horrible. It's, it's good. Yeah. And I, I hope tomorrow is going to be good, too. What's mm-hmm. the next adventure? And I feel like th- that's really beautiful about these sunsets to me of... Yeah. It's just about, I've accepted my place in the story. I've accepted that the the future is mine. I've accepted it's my choices are going to make a difference to the next day. Mm. And I have hope it's going to be a good day. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. The collection of the different, have they, is there, is there a poster out there with the different twin sunsets? No, we need that. <laughs> all the sunsets yeah. all at once. Uh, well, there's a very fun discussion. Thank you, Ken. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, yeah. <laughs> I so love this movie. It, it, and uh, there's little things. Yep, 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 yep. Depending on how you approach it, it, it is so can be a very joyful movie. And again, we'll just, we'll throw out there. We definitely do have criticisms. We're not focusing on them uh, on, yeah. on this particular episode, but there are definitely uh, uh, things that will come up in our yep. continuing discussion of Star Wars. 
about different different choices, but yeah. a lot to be joyful and hopeful about. My hope is that you all stare at the twin sunsets of watching Star Wars movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of all of you out there, uh, we're going to go from our main topic to our audience questions. We'd like to close the show with a couple from uh, social media and a couple from Patreon. So we're going to Joe Kogelman uh, says, what's the story of the dagger? It has to be about only 30 years old at most. Who made it? Why was it made? So this uh, Sith dagger... Uh, that uh, what's the guy's name? Oki Oki of Be- OG of Bestoon. Ochi of Bestoon. O- I forgot. Oki Pokey are the creatures I love with yeah. the ear eyes. Um, <laughs> Ochi of Bestoon. Ochi of Bestoon. He's Ship got is this the Bestoon legacy. Killed some. Uh, killed Ray's parents with this dagger. Yep. It's also got a little secret uh, measuring device, you know, directional device. So, I, what's the story, Joseph? Okay, we were just talking about uh, being critical of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Palpatine's plan tracks. I feel like Ochi's exact path, when, where, how, get, mm. is is confusing. Yeah. And, and I think uh, it's a, a valid criticism. Here's my headcanon. Yeah. I, I have no idea if this is what they'll do it. This is just what I would like. I would love it if this blade was made... 500 years ago mm. by some Sith soothsayer mm. who had a vision of someday this will be needed in the future in mm. this moment. Because what we can piece together of this story, it does seem like Palpatine either sent Ochi mm. or just put a random thing out to like, hey, any Sith uh, cultists, acolytes of the beyond, mm. bring, bring me this girl. Yeah. And then if you need to find your way back, yeah, is a dagger floating around that'll that'll yeah. tell you how to find the wayfinder to find mm. the way back because it does seem like Ochi's goal was, I'll, I'll get the girl. Oh, yeah. the girl's not here. No, <laughs> kill you two. Yeah, uh, and then had the misadventure on Vasana. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's good. That's good. No, no, no. I like it because yeah, You're no. Working through it. No, no. I'm not even working through. It. I I like it. I like that it's I. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just a stupid human. I don't know. When when Ray pulls the thing out and holds it up against the Death Star, I went, "Hey, hey, it looks like it." Uh, just because I like little it's, Indiana Jones things right. of it's it's pulp yeah. adventure cereal. That's yeah. such a yeah, it's a thing. But uh, Joe, uh, you know, you uh, says it has to only be thirty years old. I, I uh, at least in play in the story, it seems like we're definitely aware of it back then. So, but I do like. I'm intrigued by what you're saying. Yeah. You know, could there be um, some vision? I like that. I like that because it makes sense to be, have a vision of that. Otherwise it's like just a really weird uh, Sith Mm. Google maps. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Here's how to find the wayfinder to find your way to Exegol. Yeah. Uh, Next question from our friend, Nick Field. Nick writes, there's all this furor over the lack of a plan for the sequel trilogy, even though George frequently changed plans for the original trilogy and prequel trilogy. I wonder if this has become such a dominant narrative because it's the norm. Perhaps it's a 40 plus year concern that's snowballing. Uh, Yeah, we could... uh, we could devote a lot of time to the plan, uh, the thought of the plan. When the conversation started, and to just track that in a mini documentary. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I do think when they announced new canon in April what, 2014, yes, there's some things that Kathleen Kennedy said that day that made you think, we got a whole new thing coming. Right. And then without them saying it, we almost like we were saying earlier about the other points, but without them saying it, we went, oh, like the MCU, not necessarily you, me, or yeah. those listening, but general Star Wars fans. We didn't know. We're excited. Early, the the the, the halcyon days of 2013, <laughs> 2014. So you naturally think, oh, they got a plan. And then when 
things start happening. This is why the obsession with behind-the-scenes stories is fine to me because I want those books too. But when you start letting it bleed over to the point where you don't, you don't even really know what's going on in the clubhouse. You're just watching the baseball game, and you can hear those stories. Mm. And then you apply it after. Well, the Yankees lost today because they were fighting. How? Right. You know that for sure? <laughs> well, a report said they were fighting. That had to be why they lost today. And it starts getting to this weird, weird thing. And Nick, I think you're right. Much has been made about George. Come on. Luke and Leah weren't sis- brother and sister at the beginning of the series. I'm not, you know, you can find evidence to or f- to support or go against the idea of even Vader being his father. Gary Kurtz in 2010 is an interview going, oh, we had a plan. George changed it. Yeah. Not for the prequels, but, but Empire of Jedi. And you've talked about a lot, Joseph, of George is like, Revenge of the Sith will have seven battles on seven planets, seven <laughs> brides for seven, seven brothers. And it's, George goes, oops. Yep. I guess we'll do an animated show. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to explain how to become one with the Force, but I ran out of time because I decided it would be cool to work Boba Fett into the second movie. Yeah. Uh, and how much was Jar Jar going to be in those movies uh, <laughs> yeah, in Attack yeah, of Clones, yeah. Revenge of the Sith, before the Phantom Menace uh, reaction? Um, also, in the uh, original trilogy, all, Lando and Yoda are pretty cool. They only exist because Lucas decided mm. to kill off Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. and because Harrison Ford only had a two-movie deal. That's why <laughs> Lando exists. <laughs> Because just in case Harrison Ford doesn't come back, right? Yep. yep. And and I'll say this is just from a matter of perspective. Like, yeah, I I totally understand getting the conversation of mm. you you want to feel like the people who are creating something are really giving it uh, their all, and so it's an it's an understandable attack to go. I feel like they're playing fast and loose. Yeah. I don't think so. As somebody who creates, I think they're trying to leave themselves elbow rooms to make discovery while having a a rough outline, and rough yep. outlines change. Mm-hmm. But I get it. Mm-hmm. But so I get I get being concerned with it and bringing it up, hmm. um, but up, up to Nick's point, applying it back to uh, original trilogy, that's really hard for me because this is a uh, from a certain point of view. I was alive in 1983, yeah. and people were pissed about Return of the Jedi, like hmm. in in stuff that goes to Lucas changed his mind, like. Oh, uh, yeah, the Death Star was in A New Hope because mm. I didn't know if I was going to get any more of that. And I need another big thing for them to blow up. So they make another Death Star. Yeah. And people were angry about that. Luke and Leia are obviously not planned yeah. <laughs> to be siblings. Uh, Boba Fett was the coolest character in the world. And he died th- through freaking <laughs> slapstick and a burp. That was horribly offensive. Uh, mm. When I was a kid, I remember people raging mm. about what idiot made a star wars movie where han solo doesn't fly the falcon (laughs) what kind of idiot who did that right yeah and people watch those movies now without that perspective and the story is just the story and it's kind of funny that luke and leia kissed and i think with time Mm. you know if there are parts of the movie that you don't like that's legitimate Yeah, yeah but for the big cultural discussion in time eventually not long from now mm. a six-year-old is going to sit down and watch the force awakens and have already heard from someone that palpatine was behind it all and it'll just track okay. and they'll just watch the movie with that perspective mm-hmm. and and i think these conversations might it's change this is a, and this is this is gonna uh, i'll have to <laughs> not talk for hours but but like it's one of those 
you and I haven't been in this punditry world now for about five years doing podcasts here and our other shows and everything, whether we are regular hosts or guests on them or not, or just stop by every now and then there becomes some buzzwords that people don't do intentionally. I'm not saying it was like this pre-production meeting of today that let's bring these buzzwords, but they don't have a plan just becomes this really buzzwordy reason to, I didn't understand that or didn't connect with that. They didn't have a plan there. Carrie Fisher died. Your plan was anything you had was tossed out the window at that moment. Yeah. It, it just, it, that, that's a game changer. And that's going to happen all the time when you're making these things. Talk about outline. I, I am buried in a 40 page outline <laughs> due Wednesday. And you know, one of the notes I got, don't stress over it. Most of it will change. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's just how it is. And Nick, to answer your question, it's just, yes, it's snowballing. It's a false concern. <laughs> It's a concern you say at parties to sound like you know, and I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is when when one of those, like, separate the story, discuss the story behind the story, because obviously, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and and yeah, Snoke is dead, and, and Terrio and Abram mm-hmm. sit down and go, do we need another main antagonist? And if so, how would that work? And they have that yeah. discussion, and, and you can say that's a good or a bad thing. And you can have that discussion, or you can just watch and go, ooh, if I watch these other two movies going, Palpatine was behind it all, whether it was intentional or not, what pops? What's more interesting? Where does it really work? Where does it have interesting tension? And it's a fun thing. Rogue One One needing to switch because of whatever happened affects that movie to me more than any other movie, not having a plan or or plans going awry. And and I love Rogue One. But, you know, to me, you can tell when the switch happens. Yeah. You can tell when someone comes in, I don't care about Star Wars, here's I'm going to do this, and (laughs) and it's great. You know, so it's just how it is. Nick, great question. By the way, Nick, great question. Great question. Uh, Patreon, we're, we're move on. Can move on. All right. Uh, Will Dixon writes, one of you mentioned on one of the lead-up shows that our final viewings of The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi would be the last time we'd ever see those films uncolored. But what transpires in The Rise of Skywalker was the great Joseph Scripture. Oh, and it you. haunted me. Uh, what <laughs> I remember is, your eyes. Oh, God. What is the first thing that you notice has changed for you when considering those films? Will, that's a great question. Yeah. A lot. Joseph, what do you have? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I stopped myself from making a massive list, list because I haven't had a chance to go back and rewatch The Force Awakens and The Last uh, Jedi, but I've been thinking through it or seeing other people yeah. tweet moments. I mean, yeah. I think for me, the cheek touch. I, I, that's you know, the big one, yeah. I was hoping, we talked about for years, and I was hoping that that would make a difference because I thought mm-hmm. it was such a, a beautiful moment and, and would give extra weight to Han's death. But now to see that, I think you'll feel the tragedy of it more that... that Ben couldn't make a better choice then. Mm-hmm. And I think also anybody who felt like Han's death, it was meaningless. Yeah. will feel more meaning. Um, so the, the cheek touch, um, when Leia says to Han in the force awakens that, uh, that Luke's, you know, Han says Luke couldn't get through to him, you know, to Ben, mm-hmm. how, how do you think I can? And should Luke's a Jedi, you're his father. We can get through to him. Me, you, yeah. and, and to see that's what happens. Uh, there's going to be a ton of fun details, um, but just Ray's angry yell uh, when yeah. she's taking f- down the Praetorian guards. Yeah. You know, knowing that the, the final film is going to really deal with her rightful anger born of her lived experience. Mm. That moment's just going to be more fun. He's like, yeah, there, there's some anger, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, there's, I think going to be a ton of them that I can think of now and tons that I can't, which is really fun. And I yeah. can't wait to watch them again. 
Yeah, I haven't watched. It's funny, I haven't watched it since. But anything, I mean, the, the Han moment. I mean, just that just it it just added so much to that moment. I talk about now. Now Han's death saved the galaxy or helped save the galaxy. Uh, and I was one of those people, as I've talked about, yeah. calling into your Jedi Alliance with you and Donica, going, I I don't know how I feel about Han's death. It didn't strike me as important. Yeah, uh, and it and it worked differently when I looked at it from another point of view that you had pointed out. But now, all told, wow, what an important moment. So that's changed. Little things along the way. I'm sure it's going to find find out more details. Uh, Kylo Hux plans Starkiller Base being more of Hux's thing, and how that uh, that defeat uh, of Starkiller Base kind of affected his path. His, yeah, his standing. His standing, yeah. which now makes the Moden Kennedy stuff even more power, more powerful to me on in Last Jedi. Uh, that you know, Moden Kennedy probably had some lunchroom meetings with General uh, Legion uh, Legion General Pry. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, he's not like the old days, right? These kids these days. Um, a lot of little things like that. Yeah, uh, I, think, uh, I think everything in Ray and Kylo is going to be just now that they have their entire arc, and, mm-hmm. and you know Ben's turn. I think so much of that is going to be yeah be rewarding to rewatch and there'll be more so will we'll come back to this question i'm sure daniel jack is our final one uh j-a-u-k jauk jauk uh why didn't wedge react to snap having just died when he arrived on the falcon obvious answer out of universe is the filmmakers run away the resistance reborn but given how integral that relationship was in the book i'd love to see it from another point of view uh yeah i think there's a real world answer again i'm not going to turn to my father and be like He's like, why is that actor crying? Well, in, in, in Aftermath, and we're learning, and then rest is born. And I know, Daniel, you're aware of that as well. Um, that's just a real-world one. I think in story, he shows up after, and he doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. from the, the from a certain point of view, and you want to feel better about it, mm-hmm. for, that's totally the way I take it, is that just in that moment, which doesn't know yet, yeah. you know? And I'm really excited for all of the stories that are going on with the people who showed up yeah. and why they showed up and what's going on, who who's flying the ghost, who's still right. on Colossus, what are the, what are stories we haven't yet told? You and I have have sometimes mm. had uh, we've had to process the amount of people who are on Endor or mm-hmm. in Jabba's palace, especially like back yeah. in the day with the EU. It was just like everybody, every <laughs> single person had an agenda and a plot, you know. Yeah. And sometimes that stuff is hard. I can't wait for it. For yes. I want every individual story of the people who showed up. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of stories going on in that celebration back on Agent Klaus, oh, right? Ton. Because we don't know where Nor is. We don't know where where Carrie Coon or Jessa Pava or a lot of the other yeah. characters that we got to know around Snap. Yeah. Where where they are, what's going on with them. You know, I think they're going to kind of move on from this era, yeah. but I, I want a book that is called like uh, Republic Reborn <laughs> <laughs> that is about all the all yeah. these people. Uh, and, and what happened? We need a "Where Are They Now" series. We do. We need a "Where." Yeah, where is Vimeratti? Yeah, that. yeah. So Daniel, totally understandable. Mm. I take it as a personal nerd victory that at least for some showings, mm. a random middle-aged man appeared, and like half or a third of the audience applauded, and the rest <laughs> would be like, "Why are they so excited <laughs> about this guy?" <laughs> What's him? Uh, Great stuff, Daniel, Will, Nick, Joe. If you have a question, thought on today's episode, want to join the conversation, uh, you can follow us uh, at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. Uh, Force Center is on Facebook. Like us there. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. We're available in a lot of different spots. Just search like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn. Our home currently is Anchor. We are on Patreon. A lot of new supporters over there. That means a lot to us. It helps keeps the lights keeps the lights on. You want, you want us on 
on video or in a studio, eh, we'll get there. We can right now. <laughs> but your support, uh, it's not a campaign drive right here today, but go to patreon.com slash four center. And if you want to support us through merch, Joseph, we got that too. That's right. We got a bunch of uh, T-shirts and mugs and all sorts of stuff with a couple different great designs. We got I Heart Murder Bears if you want to celebrate the uh, victory of the Ewoks. Uh, one of my favorite parts of The Rise of Skywalker, they put a Star Destroyer in the atmosphere above the moon of Endor because they were that afraid of Ewoks. If you want to celebrate that with uh, our I Heart Murder Bears t-shirt or a bunch of others, you can go to tpublic.com slash user slash force center. That is right. And we got our own things going on. First of all, don't forget to follow our friend Jennifer Landa. Go to her YouTube page. A lot of cool things on there. She's got a great video. I was I made a note to bring this up too. So that's so great. Of explaining Star Wars Twitter drama or just Star Wars drama to her family member. It's a great video. Deserves a lot more love. Uh, it's so awesome. Her Phenomenal. daughter makes a her, her new daughter makes an appearance in the video. Uh, so follow Jen Landa. You can follow me at Kednapsock and uh, go to Kednapsock.com for information. A lot of people asking what's next uh, for me. Like I, uh, not to not to downgrade a Jedi Council was a, was a good important part of my career and life, but uh, a small part at times. And there's other things going on. Go to the website, find out. I ju- I can't announce it now. But I did lock in a, a one date with Mark Ellis, and it might involve, uh, you know, playing slot machines. So uh, <laughs> stick around for that. We'll announce that soon. And Joseph, man, you got a lot of things going on, too. I try to stay busy. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram is just my name, at Joseph Scrimshaw. So come find me there if you would like to. And then everything else in my life is not not everything else. <laughs> everything else in my professional life mm-hmm. uh, is on my website. Uh, my website is josephscrimshaw.com, and that has links to comedy albums. I wrote a comedy book uh, a while back that is, I think, pretty fun and also fun because it's getting kind of dated. So go uh, go check that out. Uh, And then my live shows page has all my upcoming comedy shows. I'm going to be at the San Francisco Sketchfest very, very soon. And uh, if you're interested, touched on some of the ideas in this main show, but they are more elaborated uh, in that recent Star Wars counseling episode about Rey's lineage and the democratization of the force and power in Star Wars. So go check out Star Wars counseling as well. That's it for me, Ken. That's it for you. That's it for me. And that's it for us uh, this week. But the show rolls on. Got a good Star Wars rank with Billy Patterson coming out later this week and more things coming. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to all the new ears and especially thanks to all the venerable ears that have been around these parts for a while. We'll see you next time. That was Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.